we have a new BBC feed, because they have several saying the same thing, and we have CNN saying it had fallen before it fell. Ladies and gentlemen, we have them. Open fire. Their shields are down. Well, you can certainly trace it back at least 10 years to 1996 when uh, Benjamin Netanyahu had just been elected Prime Minister of Israel came to the United States. He met with an Israeli-American think tank with Richard Pearl and some of his colleagues and then they put together a paper called A Clean Break which outlined a radical new vision. Washington, where people are out speculating, and um, I, I, I do think it makes sense to. Um to make it clear to the Iranians through the international community, uh, as uh, they're, they're isolating themselves, and we'll continue to press hard to do so. They're, they're isolating themselves, and we'll, we'll continue to press hard to do so. They're, they're isolating themselves, and we'll, we'll continue to press hard to do so. The former commander of U.S. forces in Afghanistan says the U.S. still has no intelligence on the whereabouts of al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden. The official Lieutenant General Carl Eikenberry told CNN, quote, the intelligence has gone cold on Osama bin Laden. His comments came as Defense Secretary Robert Gates was visiting the region. On Monday, Gates met with Pakistani President General Pervez Musharraf. Gates vowed U.S. troops would remain in Afghanistan indefinitely. Well, in 1999, actually, Richard Pearl started meeting with then-candidate George Bush. And th this has really not been reported much at all, but he came away with that meeting uh, saying that uh, Bush had agreed that if he were to be president, he would help overthrow Saddam. So, so that, that to me, is the first time I know that, that, that Bush got... Uh, seem to have signed off on that. Now, more on the latest building collapse in New York. You might have heard a few moments ago I was talking about the Salomon Brothers building collapsing. And indeed it has. Apparently that's only a few hundred yards away from where the World Trade Center towers were. And it seems that this was not a result of a new attack. It was because the uh, building had been weakened uh, during uh, this morning's attacks. We'll probably find out more now about that from our correspondent, Jane Stanley. Jane, what more can you tell us about the Salomon Brothers building and its collapse? Hillary Clinton has also said she would not rule out attacking Iran. She spoke earlier this month at a dinner organized by APEC, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee here in New York. The regime's pro-terrorist, anti-American, 
anti-Israeli rhetoric only underscores the urgency of our response to the threat we face. U.S. policy must be clear and unequivocal. We cannot, we should not, we must not permit Iran to build or acquire nuclear weapons. And in dealing with this threat, as I have said for a very long time, no option can be taken off the table. is a threat not only because of the hateful rhetoric spewed by its president, not only because of its nuclear ambitions, but because it uses its influence and its revenues in the region to support terrorist elements that are attacking innocent Israelis. And now we believe attacking American soldiers. Save us from this shared destiny. Ooh boy. How's everybody doing? It's Dietrich live on the Friday edition of Free Talk Live. Tonight is Friday, March 9th. It was a very busy week. The past seven days have been uh, busy for almost everyone. It's been busy for being in broadcasting, been busy for us uh, uh, here at the Dietrich household, been busy. Shoot, I mean, who who has been busy? I know the FBI has been busy. Uh, apparently, they were. Um, apparently, they've way overstepped their bounds, as if no one knew that. Um, but there's a few things. Uh, there's a few other things in the news we're going to get to. Uh, there was a wacky Coast Guard exercise down here in Florida. Uh, we have a we have a report tonight on uh, anti-Semitism. Where's it going? Is it up? Down? It, it's kind of hard to tell. We're going to go through that. It's going to be a little bit humorous and a little bit scary. But uh, that's that's just me. I like my stuff macabre. <clears throat> uh, there's a there's a couple great articles that were uh, that were posted and uh, around the web over the past few days. Maybe you missed a couple. We're going to be going over them. Uh, contacting the show. Uh, you can use a landline. The number is 660-675-4388. Uh, likewise, you can Skype the show, which is the preferred means of communication, Skype. Uh, the ID is VNN Free Talk Live. One thing that I would really, and I'll try to, I'll try to repeat it next hour, uh, but what I want to do on the Friday show, and this is a little bit different, so if you, if you, if you've been messaging me over Skype, uh, um, do, do me a favor and, and pay attention. Uh, if you would, rather than message me on Skype, PM me, please, on the forum, or better yet, just post it on the forum if you have a comment. That way we can all kind of join in. Uh, I've been noticing, listening to these broadcasts, I've, I've been noticing that there's uh, there's a good deal of distraction in, uh, that that I get like when I'm like when I kind of phase out, it's like somebody's messaging me. And on top of all the other engineering duties that that a host here uh, is saddled with, well, 
that's just one more thing that it would really help out a lot. And actually, I think it it also as an editorial policy that would also be better to to just uh, you know if you have a comment or something, just share it with everyone. Or uh, if you just want to make it to me, you can PM me on the forum. Uh, but but yeah, definitely we'd prefer that, or I would prefer at least that you do it on the thread. And the thread is at uh, vnnforum.com in the this just in section right up top. Friday nights VNN Free Talk Live. <clears throat> Let's see, we have a couple factoids here in the news. I always like to open up with a little bit of short news first. It kind of it kind of greases the skids a little bit before we go sliding down the mountain. Who knew? Who here knew by a show of hands that Colin Powell speaks Yiddish? Yeah, yeah. Okay, two or three of you. Right. Colin Powell speaks Yiddish. How's that? Uh, <laughs> Gingrich. Uh, there's this thing that came out from Gingrich, I believe, just uh, earlier this morning, that while he was that he was cheating on his wife while he was impeaching. Well, they were in the process of impeaching Bill Clinton, uh, but and that's been a, made a big news story. Uh, even though, I don't know, the mantra, it's just about sex, has been successfully won. It, it's a lesson in the power of the media and the media to uh, use repetition. Uh, if you recall those days back in, when was it, like 1998, uh, it's just about sex. I mean, you could have heard it 400 times on a news broadcast, uh, but it wasn't about sex, actually. It was about him lying under oath. It was about him. It was about perjury, and yeah, he was lying about sex, but it wasn't just they. They, they tried to make it out uh, like a bunch of nasty Republicans were out to get the president. But uh, and that the, like there were a bunch of dirty old men, so they made it kind of comical for the Americans, and that's pretty much how most people took it, I think, or at least where I'm from, most people took it. Uh, the folks I spoke with, but it was actually about perjury in front of a grand jury. But as far as Newt goes, uh, this really looks like, uh, if you're a presidential race watcher, uh, this looks like he's kind of clearing the air uh, before he uh, does a presidential run. I mean, this is just what it looks like. I mean, because everyone's trying to throw their hats into the ring. And despite all the media hype, it is a pretty weak field so far uh, without Giuliani. Yet it's still a pretty weak field, so uh, so Newt may be thinking about tossing his hat in the ring, and this would be something he would do to clear out the air. Uh, but there's no way that any of us are going to vote for him. I don't think, not the least of which, is because, uh, or, or the reason, not the least of which, being that he is against free speech. And if you recall from last uh, November, I believe it was, he said, and I quote. We need to get ahead of the curve rather than wait until we actually literally lose a city, which I think could literally happen in the next decade if we're unfortunate. Uh, and he said that during a speech in New Hampshire. Uh, we should be impaneling people to look seriously at the level of supervision that we would never dream of if it weren't for the scale of threat. This is a serious long-term war. And uh, either before we lose a city, or if we are truly stupid, after we lose a city, we will adopt rules of engagement that use every technology we can find to break up their capacity to use the internet, to break up their capacity to use free speech, and to go after people who want to kill us or stop them from recruiting people. Now, uh, I just want to remind all of you conspiracy theorists out there that 
this guy no doubt uh, knows where some plenty of bodies are buried on the whole 9-11 debacle. So he he pretty much knows you, you, you can't be in a position of leadership as he was all throughout the 90s, I, I believe, and, and not have caught wind of what was going on. Or at least once once you saw what was going on on that day to uh, to not be able to put some pieces together. Or at least that's the, that, that's what I'm thinking at this point. But uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so <laughs> uh, Newt Gingrich, yeah, he's a dirty old man. But uh, see, see, there's a message, and they're very distracting. And I love you, but uh, you know, it's it's just distracting. That's all. Uh, there's a couple a couple of good ones from Chain. Chain's been on a roll lately. Uh, I, I I I literally just well not literally, but I. I cracked up. I, I had to put my computer down and just, just... I was bent over laughing a little bit. Man, my stomach hurt. I was just at some of the posts he's been making lately with all the haircuts and, and stuff. Just <clears throat> click on Chain's name in vnnforum.com and look at some of the threads he started lately. But uh, what, one that was less funny was uh, that uh, an Israeli officer has been selling weapons to terrorists, quote-unquote, in Iraq. <clears throat> reported by an Israeli newspaper... Uh, he's a retired officer, uh, Shmoli Avivi, an Israeli retired officer, has established a firm in Iraq two years ago which secretly sold arms to terrorist groups in Iraq. Amnesty International reported that Avivi was one of the biggest weapons dealers in the Middle East. Iraq sources earlier announced that terrorist attacks in Iraq were backed by the intelligence agencies of CIA and Mossad and the secret agents of Iraqi's former regime. Earlier, Iraqi Parliament Security Commission Chairman Heidi Amari had accused the occupying soldiers of secretly directing the terrorist attacks and forming terror squads in Iraq. Say it ain't so, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, th- there's another good one that's actually it's actually reported pretty accurately over at Judicial Inc. and that's the uh, the Israeli Jews that were caught. Actually, I believe. I believe they were. It was an American company, but they were, they were Jews caught sniping, and they had explosives in their car by American soldiers. And American soldiers beat the hell out of them, uh, as anyone would. They, they were getting blue on blue, and they just kept getting uh, uh, fired on by this other position, and even though that they had spotted them and saw that they were uh, friendlies, supposedly. But uh, yeah, they were just over there apparently stirring up trouble. Sniping at soldiers, blowing things up. I don't know. Does that make sense if we're trying to install democracy in Iraq? Does Does any of this make sense? That we're that one of the largest arms dealers in the Middle East is just allowed to just openly operate? I don't know. What do you think? Does that pass the smell test? I mean, it doesn't for me. I have to go looking for other uh, for other reasons. I don't know. But we'll get into that later. Uh, there was a U.S. Coast Guard uh, exercise. Off the coast, uh, down here in Florida, the U.S. Coast Guard is staging or staged a huge exercise in preparation for a possible mass exodus from Cuba in the event of the death of Fidel Castro, which actually doesn't make that much sense. But anyway, more than 300 agents and 85 law enforcement agencies are taking part in the two-day Operation Vigilant Sentry. Actors are playing imaginary Cuban immigrants in mock interceptions. The operation has taken a renewed urgency since President Castro fell ill and handed temporary power over to his brother. Uh, 
the punchline here is that two huge during the exercise, two gigantic, at least two gigantic, uh, uh, like personnel carrier type rigged together boats washed up on Florida's shore and dumped off like hundreds of people. And this was during the actual exercise. And now they're Ameriquans. Isn't that neat? Isn't that neat? We can just like, they can just like come here and just get all the rights and everything else as you and I. I mean, that's what granddad got blew up for, right? <laughs> I don't know. I see a lot of this stuff and I, I just wonder if my southern ancestors wouldn't have fought harder during the Civil War if they wouldn't have seen all this. They probably, they probably would have, uh, wouldn't have um, surrendered so gracefully. In more pleasant news, we have uh, some thwarted TNB. An eastern Kentucky man fatally shot one of two alleged intruders who claimed to be police officers, according to sheriff's officials. The other alleged intruder was arrested and charged with burglary and impersonating a police officer, a sheriff's report says. Jason Daniels, a white guy, 23, of Ashland, shot Robert Lewis Chapman... Negro, 50, of Greenup in the chest, shoulder, and wrist on Wednesday night, the Boyd County Sheriff's Office said in the report. Adam C. Justice, 22, of Summit, Negro, was lodged in the Boyd County Jail. The county sheriff said the case would be turned over to the Commonwealth Attorney, and a grand jury would be asked to decide if any charges would be filed against Daniels. The intruder allegedly broke into the home where Daniels was staying after Daniels refused to answer the door. The men had pounded on the door, claiming to be police officers with a search warrant. The men then allegedly forced Daniels into the bathroom, tied him up, and proceeded to ransack the house, the sheriff's report said. This sounds exactly... Uh, the reason I, I wanted to go over this tonight is because this sounds, up until now, this sounds exactly like... Uh, some of the South Africa TNB that you can find over at South Africa's crap blogspot. Um, but, but yeah, this this is exactly how these old people are beaten up and burned, and just all this other these other horrible crimes are perpetrated. These farmers mostly, and um, but this is kind of heartwarming. Uh, Uh, while the alleged burglars were busy in other parts of the house, Daniels freed himself and got a 9mm pistol from a cabinet. When the suspects returned to the bathroom, they found Mr. Daniels now armed and in a shooting stance. When one of the alleged intruders attempted to draw a revolver from its holster, Daniels fired four times and both men fled in a van that was parked nearby. Chapman was dumped outside the emergency room entrance to King's Daughters Medical Center about three miles from the scene of the incident and later died, the report said. Police stopped the van a few blocks from the hospital and arrested Justice. How ironic. Mr. Justice. Right on. Right on, sir. That's that's the way to thwart TNB with uh, Smith & Wesson. Uh, let's see... There's some neat stuff going on, and, and more pleasant news. The Jewish community has joined calls to ban West Ham United football fans. This is over in uh, Great Britain, uh, who were singing virulently anti-Semitic chants at the club's London Derby last Sunday against Tottenham Hotspur. A video which was, which was posted on the Internet on Monday showed Hammers supporters inside the Upton Park Stadium at halftime chanting lyrics such as, I'd rather be a Packy than a Jew. The posting, which was removed after complaints, also showed the home fans singing, I've got a foreskin, haven't you? Fuck, uh, 
uh, and I can't tell what this curse word is supposed to be, but haven't you, blank Jew, probably fucking Jew, I'm guessing. The Metropolitan Police's Public Order uh, Football Unit confirmed it is investigating allegations of racism and the football and the Football Association, along with the Community Security Trust, have called on West Ham to identify and punish the perpetrators. Right, the perpetrators of the persecution. And finally, tonight, from our Diversity is Our Strength file, New York, a former U.S. Navy sailor has been arrested in Phoenix, Arizona, on charges of allegedly spying and offering material support to terrorists. The Department of Justice said Wednesday the sailor, Hassan Abdu Jihad, I swear to God I'm not making this up, formerly Paul Hall, who had been detained on a federal criminal complaint, is alleged to have handed over classified information to a group called Azam Publications in London. No, that's fine. Uh, Hassan Abdu Jihad, can you can you pass me those uh, classified documents over there, M- Mr. Jihad? Mr. Jihad, please, can you can you stop uh, filming the suicide video over here just for a second and uh, pass me the uh, classified material, please, Mr. Jihad? That is that is right, Jihad. Yeah, yeah, two uh two eight two A's, but other word, uh, but in, in every other way, his name is spelled Abdul Jihad. I don't know, I can barely get it out. It's, it's freaking amazing that we even have that kind of stuff. So, yeah, diversity. Diversity is our strength, right? Let's see, one more item before we go to the quick, uh, the first quick break. Who caught Free Talk Live on Friday night? I I caught a little bit of it, and I was uh, privy to the... Well, our white man, Adam, gave me uh, the file when he was done with it. And uh, I listen to it and it was very fun it was very cool I'm so I, I haven't listened to all of it yet but I did listen to some uh, bumps that Stan's making out of it and whoa uh, you know it's Alex is re- was really uh, went on a tear we were talking about that but uh, Adam you know I think that's a here's a here's a hand for Adam good job I'm going to uh, play a little promo I made for Adam he's already heard this and uh, he he really liked it, so I wanted to let him hear it first and see what he thought. But uh, he really likes it, so I'm going to go ahead and play it. I made a bump for him. And if you didn't catch Wednesday night's Free Talk Live, this is some of what you missed. If you missed VNN Broadcasting's premiere of the Wednesday edition of VNN's Free Talk Live, you missed... I wanted to tell you about something I saw today, and I want to know, since you live in Detroit, if this is something you've seen. I saw a nigger today, and on his car, he had two of the spinning rims, but they were only on the left side of the vehicle. That's called layaway, motherfucker. <laughs> so he got two of them from the left. Adam from DetroitIsCrap.blogspot.com joins VNN Broadcasting Wednesday nights. And what would happen if David Duke came to Detroit? Or, you know, Alex Linder, God forbid, came to Detroit to give a speech? Huh. you think the mayor of fucking anywhere would uh, embrace him? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think I would embrace well, him. Uh, yeah, that, that would be fun to give a speech and rile up the monkeys. Oh, uh, wouldn't it? You all have been lying to you. You are not, in fact, equal to humans. We were somewhere in between, monkey and man. It is necessary that we constrain you for your own good. Free Talk Live is a production of Vanguard News Network Broadcasting.
imagine you come home one day and your your house is completely bulldozed, right? And the FBI sends you a letter and it says, "We're really sorry about your china cabinet. We did that. We'll pay for everything." And then the press the next day reports very solemnly that the Constitution may have been uh, uh, your constitutional rights may have been stepped on, and that the uh, FBI destroyed your china cabinet. And uh, they're going to get to the bottom of it, and you're assured, and and everyone sort of breathes a sigh of relief. Meanwhile, your house is in shambles. This is exactly what's going on here. The FBI, uh, these Jews are turning our FBI into, into, or they have rather, turned our FBI into AmeriCorps' political police. And uh, the Patriot Act really was the the coming out party. For, for that for that to happen in earnest, uh, Washington. This is from the AP. The FBI improperly and in some cases illegally used the USA Patriot Act to secretly obtain personal information about people in the United States. A Justice Department audit concluded Friday. And for three years, the FBI underreported to Congress how often it forced businesses to turn over customer data. The audit found. Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez, who oversees the FBI, described the problem cited in the report as unacceptable and left open the possibility of criminal charges. He ordered further investigation. Quote, Once we get that information, we'll be in a better position to assess what kinds of steps should be taken, Gonzalez told reporters, allowing a speech, following a speech to privacy officials. There is no excuse for the mistakes that have been made. We are going to make things right as quickly as possible. I feel better, better already, don't you? Uh, FBI Director Robert Mueller said that he was to blame for not putting more safeguards into place. Quote, I am to be held accountable, Mueller said. He told reporters he would correct the problem and, not plan, and did not plan to resign. Quote, the inspector general went and did an audit, and I should have put that in place years ago, Mueller said. The audit by Justice Department Inspector General Glenn A. Fine, possible Jew, found that FBI agents sometimes demanded personal data on individuals without proper authorization. The 126-page audit also found the FBI improperly obtained telephone records in in non-emergency circumstances. The audit blames agent error and shoddy record-keeping for the bulk of the problems and did not find any indications of criminal misconduct. <sighs> Amongst many other things here, uh, I, I just wanted to point out that uh, there's such convenient incompetence in these, uh, in, in these services. You know, if they, if they want to get VNN... GoVNN.com shut down. I mean, they can get it done in a day, apparently. Uh, and there's 10,000 other things they can do, but there's a few things they can't do. Like, watch the borders, one of them, and apparently they can't keep records either. I don't know. Maybe we should chip in and get them some computers or something. Back to the article. Still, we believe the improper or illegal uses we found involved serious misuses of national security letter authorities, the audit concludes. At issue are the security letters, a power outlined in the Patriot Act and the Bush administration 
Patriot Act that the Bush administration pushed through Congress after the September 11, 2001 terror attacks. The letters or administrative subpoenas are used in suspected terrorism and espionage cases. They allow the FBI to require telephone companies, internet service providers, banks, credit bureaus, and other businesses to produce highly personal records about their customers or subscribers without a judge's approval. Who would have guessed this would have been abused? About three-fourths of the national security letters were issued for counter-terror cases and the other fourth for spy investigations. Fines annual review is required by Congress over the objections of the Bush administration. The audit released Friday found that the number of national security letters issued by the FBI skyrocketed in the years after the Patriot Act became law. In 2000, for example, the FBI issued an estimated 8,500 letters. However, that number jumped to 39,000, from 8,500 to 39,000. It rose again the next year to about 56,000 in 2004, and it dropped to 47,000 in 2005. Over the entire three-year period, the FBI reported issuing 143,074 national security letters requesting customer data from businesses, the audit found. But that did not include an additional 8,850 requests that were never recorded in the FBI's database. Also, Fines Audit noted a 2006 report to Congress showing that the FBI delivered only about 9,254 national security letters during the previous year on 3,501 U.S. citizens and legal residents was only required to report certain types of requests for information. That report did not outline the full scope of the national security letter requests in request and nor was it required to, Fines Office said. Additionally, the audit found the FBI identified 26 possible violations in its use of the national security letters, including failing to get proper authorization, making improper requests under the law, and unauthorized collection of telephone and internet email records. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're saying, oh gosh, you caught us. All, all 22 times that we did that bad thing that we did, you caught us. We're busted. Mea culpa. Uh, here, pop us on the wrist and we'll be fine. No, 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 no. They've downloaded, and um, let's see, I'll put this in the show notes, but they they requested, nay, demanded, they, they demanded from AT&T and got, Three point, it was like one or three point seven terabytes worth of data, customer data, and when I heard that, uh, knowing a little bit about data, when I heard that, I I thought to myself, and, and I wrote at the time that this is more than just billing records. This kind of um, you know, three terabytes of data, that's not just. Uh, Billing records, who called who, which is bad enough, believe me, that's bad enough, but what that sounded like to me was actual, the actual log, the record, recordings of the calls themselves, and that was, I was, uh, I found out that that indeed was the case just a few months ago, so... Uh, all of you guys who recall that, I'll be posting that in the show notes because I, I wish I had a better citation for it. But the uh, the political police here in the Qua demanded and got any phone call 
that you've made in the past, I, I think since like 1992 or 1993, I think that was the cutoff date. Uh, if you used a telephone in between then, you know, they've got you. And they've, they've got you in the database and, uh, you know, they're churning through it as we speak, no doubt. But uh, here we have what I sometimes like to call a limited hangout or what's sometimes called a limited hangout. And this is where they're they may a culpa to things that really aren't that important ultimately i mean or even initially they're just, they're just not important uh the things that the the press likes to freak out about and they're hiding the actual crimes um and this is how we got here washington a white house privacy board is giving its stamp of approval to two of the Bush administration's controversial surveillance programs, electronic eavesdropping and financial tracking, and says they do not violate citizens' civil liberties. Democrats, newly in charge of Congress, quickly criticized the findings, which they said were questionable, giving some of the board's members close ties with the Bush administration. Quote, their current findings and any additional conclusions they have will be taken with a grain of salt until they become fully independent. After operating mostly in secret for a year, the five-minute privacy and civil liberties board... <laughs> I like that. A five-member privacy and civil liberties board. They really like their privacy that much. They keep their activities secret. The report finds that both the National Security Agency's warrantless eavesdropping program and the Treasury Department's monitoring of international banking transactions have sufficient privacy protections. Three board members told the Associated Press in telephone interviews. So, I think we can all sleep better at night knowing that George Bush can appoint a privacy board that will sign off on his order. Now, that that's a, that's a current piece of news as well that was reported I believe Wednesday um, and yeah we we are fucked here in the quad I hate to say it I really do but this this place is over um, we we're not going back to anything because there's nothing to go back to I mean the people who the people who would normally save us the people who would criticize these type of things uh, well save us without violence that is the people who are in Washington, D.C., who would criticize these things, uh, it, it, it's a charade. The people criticizing them are Russ Feingold and uh, Leahy and uh, the ACL Jew. I mean, <laughs> God help us that, uh, that, that, that Jews from these uh, Jewish groups and Chertoff have to go into a huddle to uh, work out for us what kind of prohibitions need to be put on our government in this post-September 11th world. Indeed. But, uh, yeah, I just I always love that when Jews are set up to be our, our saviors. This is the top story tonight. If you're an American tech worker, powerful forces are trying to do with, away with your job. Remember when government's goal was to act in the interests of Americans? Me neither. The same can be said for most, if not all, corporations. Here's an article from CNET News. Uh, Gates testified. Uh, uh, this is an article about uh, Bill Gates of Microsoft um, testifying in front of Congress. Uh, they really, they really like him on the Hill. So I hear. And if you watch it on C-SPAN, they they act like they nod their heads. I mean, they act like Microsoft fans. But. Uh, 
Washington, Microsoft Chairman Bill Gates on Wednesday renewed his fight for, quote, infinite H-1B guest worker visas and improvements in U.S. education before largely receptive senators on Capitol Hill. This is one of those worst of, is better moments for me. I mean, this is the, this is the best I can do with it. Uh, you just try to remember it and <laughs> breathe deeply. I mean, I have a pretty personal connection to, to this H-1B thing, and I was a tech worker for a while, but I recall the misery and humiliation of looking for work in a market saturated with Indians asking for $8 an hour or less. Um, worse is better. Without the H-1B issue, I would still be a picket fence 2.1 child Republican. Hopefully this issue will continue to turn complacent white men into bomb-throwing radicals. Amen. I actually appreciate the fact that people like Bill Gates here are making themselves well-known for when the time comes. This is serious stuff, Mr. Gates. When you call for infinite H-1Bs, you're essentially calling for an infinite number of American tech workers to be displaced from their jobs. Wouldn't you take it seriously if someone was so haughtily planning your displacement? I'm guessing so. I mean, I've talked to people who've met you, and Gates is quite the shark, and uh, he, he, wouldn't, he would take it rather seriously. Well, I think we should take it seriously as well. Uh, peaceful change is impossible. Politicians indicated they are also willing to take cues from Gates as they craft new laws in the immigration area. In his testimony, Gates said that there's only one way to solve what he deemed a crisis-level shortage of qualified scientific talent. Quote, open our doors to highly talented scientists and engineers who want to live, work, and pay taxes here. Right. So you wealthy fuckers can get them get the wages down to $6 an hour. Tech workers and programmers deserve better, as do all Americans. I, I worked in the tech industry for about a decade, and... Um, the people who worked with me, my colleagues in that industry, are bright men and few women, but mostly men who deserve, at the very least, a good, solid middle-class wage. They put in long hours, they read a lot of technical manuals, and they have to stay up to date in their field. Um, they're hard workers, and they're decent people. I I, I don't know. I just I, I loathe that we have a government that's just oriented towards screwing us. I, what are we supposed to do? Right? What, what are we supposed to do? Indeed. Gates repeated how Gates repeated a now familiar plea by high tech companies for an overhaul of the H-1B visa system. Established in 1990, that program currently awards 65,000 visas to foreigners with at least a bachelor's degree in their area of specialty and allows them to remain employed in the United States for up to six years. First of all, don't believe in those numbers. None of those numbers are correct. Uh, Gates has said there's a, quote, terrible shortfall in the number of visas available to high tech companies and cautioned that the nation will find it infinitely more difficult to maintain its technological leadership if it shuts out the very people who are most able to help us compete. No, Americans are... Is, it's Americans who allow you to compete. You couldn't set Microsoft up anywhere else except the United States. 
it's only here that you're able to saturate a market with sub-quality software with no actual standards as there are, as there are in every other field of engineering. The Europeans would have parted Microsoft ten years ago. They would, they, in Asia, it, it would be state-owned. But uh, I, I should write Bill Gates and tell him that they should offshore in Africa, actually. <laughs> uh, he, you know, he's so interested, him and Melinda are so interested in the plight of Africans, and we're all equal and stuff, so uh, you, know, you should find plenty of folks willing to code your software in Zimbabwe. Of course, if you ask there for infinite H-1Bs as you have here, it would be called colonialism. He says, America has always done its best when we brought... If you've eaten dinner, you may want to mute for a few seconds here. America has always done its best when we brought the best minds to our shores, Gates said, citing German-born Albert Einstein as an example. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. The current system in the U.S., made up of mainstream political parties, the press, and corporations, they're all oriented counter to the interests of ordinary whites. I'm going to read from the Declaration of Independence. They're talking about the, the rights to uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles, and organizing its powers in such form, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness." Folks, it's not getting better. Uh, the Democrats won't save you. The Republicans won't save you. If you believe that there's something wrong about your government openly flaunting your interests in lieu of the interests of foreigners, uh, you know, hey, how about we go to India and try seeing if their government will let us work? I already know the answer to that. I've, I've lived in Mexico for a little while. They, Every other country almost on this planet, except for a handful of all there, and they're all white nations, Every one of them, no exaggeration. Every one of the nations that very easy to get into, very easy to work, they're all white. But if you go to 95% of the countries on this planet and try to get work, they're very protective. I mean, Mexico, what do they have? They've got, they've got nothing. And uh, I went there to work in tech because all I wanted to do was surf and, 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 and party a little bit and you know, fix computers and surf, basically. And it it was, uh, I, I never did, I, I never was able to legally work, despite the fact that they couldn't find Mexicans to do the type of work that they needed. Uh, they needed me to fill the, the positions. And this was uh, in the mid-90s or so, and I was doing some networking and uh, building of servers. And they couldn't find a Mexican in the area to do it. And nevertheless, uh, they wouldn't qualify me to work legally. Uh, and so that, that pisses me off especially much, the Mexicans here now. But that, that's a little aside from me. But, uh, but until this government, if you think there's something wrong, as I, as I think any living, breathing person would think there's something wrong about a government that we create and fund that is supposedly it supposedly derives its powers from us. 
flaunting our interests in lieu of the interests of foreigners and their cash contributors, then, uh, as Alex Linder says, you need to come with us. You're telling me you got the, you got the most news glorious story of the goddamn millennium sitting there and no one will touch it. Don't tell me the media is not fucking controlled by somebody when it clearly is. It's absolutely undeniable. Jews, Mormons, Catholics, somebody's fucking controlling it to keep that shit out. That's self-evident. I get tired of living in this world where nobody but the people of BNN acknowledges what is just blatantly undeniable. They goddamn cut off her tits. They cut off the guy's dick. They poured chemicals on him. They raped him. They murdered him. They chopped him up and put him in bags and threw him by the railroad. Where's the thing on fucking Fox? Where's CNN? Where's anybody? Where's the Washington Times? You know, they don't talk about any of this, but it's going on. Reality is stronger than media. You know, that, that's why we exist. And we have to have the cast to get out there and talk about it and not give up. we got to be resilient and keep going. We're going to win. Not these fucking kikes. Fuck them. They shouldn't be running things. We should be running things. Vanguard News Network. We are the good guys.
VNN's Free Talk Live. This is Dietrich. We're back with the Friday edition. VNN's Free Talk Live. This is March. The Why Does iTunes Do That? Nope, it's not March. The Why Does iTunes Do That? It's March the 9th. Friday night. I've uh, been checking out some of the posts in the forum, which is what uh, I've been requesting that you guys do if you can PM me on the forum or preferably post in the forum unless you want to contact me specifically about being on the show uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that that's my uh, my new policy for several reasons uh, for one I was reading back over or I was listening finally to some of my uh, broadcasts for some sort of self critique and some feedback and uh, I did notice that among all the other horrible mistakes that I make right uh, like saying uh and like and all the things I've just done in this one sentence. I also notice that when I take these long pauses, it's always because I'm I'm looking and trying to process a few things at once. And I've actually missed some pretty good choice nuggets from some of our guests that I just kind of said uh-huh to rather than engage them on that point. And um, that, that really disappointed me. So I... And not only that, the stream is a couple minutes behind. So when I get a message that says uh, something about Bill Gates, for instance, like I've already, I'm already reading the next news thing in, in real time. I'm, I'm on to the next item or something else. I'm, most times I'm not still on that same item. So, uh, it's, so it's not going to be real time anyway. It's going to be uh, there's going to be a delay anyway. So I don't know. You might as well post to the forum and share and I'll pick it up. I promise I'll see it and I'll uh, I'll react to it. So um, I'm getting a lot of uh, thanks for the show and I say thank you for listening. We're going to be bringing on a guest here in just a moment. A guest that no one's heard from. This is Jack. Jack him up from the forum. And uh, I am going to... Yeah, I'm going to read this news item, and during that news item, I'm going to go ahead and bring them on. So, let's see. Go ahead and start a call to him. And while we're hooking that up, I thought this was a... Uh, th- this is the best article, I think, of the week. Uh, it was. It's from Crescent and Cross. It's from the owner of Crescent and Cross. It's called Candy from a Baby, Why the Traditional Catholics Are No Threat to the Jewish Agenda. I say darn, but this is by Mark Glenn, the owner uh, over at crescentandcross.com. Relax, Mr. D. Seligman of the Southern Poverty Law Center. There is no need to sound the alarm uh, in that shrill southern drawl screeching that has become your trademark and which you employ whenever something resembling a white blood cell pops up and threatens the Judaic infection of which you are but one small virus. Yes, that's right. I did out you as an operative for the synagogue, Mr. Seligman. I hate to burst your bubble, since no doubt you spent a lot of time coming up with that misleading title, Southern Poverty Law Center, as if you were a good Samaritan type fighting for the rights of poor people. But for far too long and on too many occasions, you have split you have spilt the beans and you are really just another form of the multi-headed Zionist Hydra. Hear, hear. 
But anyway, back to the topic at hand. As I said, relax. There is no need for you and your fellow Pharisees and Bolsheviks to wet yourselves in panic. The traditional Catholics, or trads as we often refer to ourselves, are for the most part absolutely no threat to you and your Antichrist agenda. That hit piece written by that, quote, nice Jewish girl, Heidi Barrick, in your recent SPLC intelligent report, was in all respects really just a red herring, much ado about nothing, and tantamount to the boy who cried wolf. The trad movement is as much a threat to your people's 3,000-year-old fantasy rooted in madness of inheriting the earth and making footstools of Israel's enemies is a mouse as to a gorilla. I can say this with a certain amount of authority because I have been part of the trad movement for some time now and can say unequivocally that in many respects it is like a shiny brand new Cadillac with no motor inside. Yes, it may have produced men such as Mel Gibson and his movie The Passion of the Christ that caused you and many of your fellow tribal warlords to defecate all over yourselves in what was a primetime performance of raw organic hatred for Christianity, but that really is the high watermark of the movement and as radical as it's going to get. For the most part, you will find that they are almost as cooperative with your agenda of de-Christianizing the world as are the rest of us mindless dolts who have you've bred throughout the rest of the Western society. For a while, at least, until you pull up the necessary strings making it illegal, they will continue to inundate the real ends of their cars with bumper stickers such as Pray the Rosary for World Peace and Abortion Stops a Beating Heart. But you can be rest assured that this will be the sum total of their revolution. They will simply lie down and take it, just as you need them to, bit by bit just like the rest of the Christian world until they and their movement have been erased just as you demand but you already know this all too well Mr. Seligman so I know I'm not telling you anything new the piece that you contracted uh, the Jewish Berach to write for your pornophile abortion friendly Marxist organization SPLC knows that the trads do not pose any threat to what Jews like you are planning for the rest of us and a cursory study of that of what they are up to reveals this fact in a New York Minute. They vote for guys like Bush, even though he is opposed to everything they support and everything and supports everything they oppose. He, His best lies notwithstanding, they pay their tithes to you and the rest of your brethren from the synagogue without a whimper, rendering unto Caesar everything that is not Caesar's so that you and your buddies can continue on the march towards sterilizing the world of Jesus' anti-Judaic message their priests, with few exceptions, say nothing from the pulpit concerning you and your agenda, despite the fact that you are the great-grandchildren of those who had Jesus crucified. They keep all the discussion of the world and its woes in the safe gray area of men's fallen nature and sin and the rest of it without whispering the dreaded J-word, which will bring heat down on their multi-million dollar church properties. But again, you already knew this, didn't you, Mr. Seligman? You knew that the trads wouldn't hurt a fly and that, in the bigger scheme of things, they pose absolutely no threat to you and your agenda. The largest group of anti-Semites in the world? Give me a break. Do you know how many times I have run into fellow trads who parrot that old line about the Jews being God's chosen people, and that Israel was promised to them by God, and all the rest of that hooey? Do you know how many times I've witnessed them getting indignant whenever I mention the unadulterated brutality that has been waged against the innocent peoples of Iraq, Lebanon, and Palestine by you and your scummy entourage? How many times have you been accused of wanting to, quote, have I been accused of wanting to, 
incite another holocaust for daring to point the finger of blame the real organic enemy not just of Christians but indeed all mankind known as organized Jewry and I, I just as a rejoinder there I would say indeed to all living things but back to the article it is a number too high to count even those who are wise to your ways are nonetheless cowards for the most part individuals who will not go to the websites devoted to exposing you and your agenda and many of whom have told me personally that they did not want me sending emails to them with the words Jew, Zionism or Israel in them lest they quote get into trouble but the biggest proof of the fact that they pose no threat to your agenda is the manner by which many of them have become cozy with certain rabbis of late some of the very same people you mentioned in your hit piece on the dirty dozen namely John Venari, Friar Nicholas Gruner, and some of the publications and groups for which they are associated, such as the Remnant, the Society of St. Pius X, and the Fatima Crusaders, have lately found themselves comfortably bedded down with wolves in sheep's clothing who comport themselves as, quote, conservative rabbis, sharing Christians' concern for the decline in morality. Daniel Lippmann, Mayor Schiller, and Yehuda Levin these men, blind, arrogant, deceitful followers of a book that might as well have been written by the hand of Satan himself, the Talmud, with its characterization of Christ as a sexual pervert and his mother Mary a whore, and yet these men are paid lip service by the likes of these same, quote, anti-Semites you mention in your used toilet paper article. No, Morris, there is no need for you and, orders, and others to lose any sleep over them. For the most part, they have mastered that part of Jesus' message as being meek as doves while at the same time forgetting that it was what it was that followed, which was to be as wise as serpents. They will, con they will keep bantering on about the message of Fatima, keeping a watchful, wary eye on Russia while you and your brothers in Israel elsewhere wreak havoc upon the very land where their Savior Jesus Christ was born, not to mention the Christian West itself. They will parrot all the vile garbage that you and your fellow liars spew about the religion of Islam and its adherents, not recognizing that they are slitting their own throats in the process, as the Muslims are their last remaining impediment to you being able to declare victory over the world. When you come for their children and drag them off to fight and die for that vile manifestation of Judaic hatred that is for all that is decent, Israel, they will hand them over just as your people of the Old Testament did when they threw their own children into a burning pit to appease the pagan god Moloch. And all the while, they are obediently allowing themselves to be distracted with the little trinkets that you have left for them. You continue on laying the groundwork for their seizure of their multi-million dollar properties. And in the end, as you and the rest of your gang are toasting, celebrating over the victory, for which you have longed for the last twenty centuries of erasing the name of the hated Jesus from memories of mankind, you will note how useful were the idiots within the traditional Catholic movement, the very same people you have described as being the most dangerous group of anti-Semites in the world, and will amuse amongst yourselves that in the end it was as easy as taking candy from a baby. Ah, kind of depressing, but I always like when Christians, uh, when Christians name the Jew. Um, we have a caller on the line. Jack, are you there? Uh -oh, I made a roll up on him kind of quickly. Jack, are you there? You are not coming through, and I don't think you're coming through on the feed, my friend. But uh, we are connected, so you can you can wiggle a few things around. Maybe unmute your microphone. Yeah, that might do it. I did tell you to mute your you to mute your microphone, so that may be it. You may have your microphone muted. 
but what is the state of anti-Semitism in the world? Uh, This guy, I I wanted to read this because uh, Mark Glenn here from Crescent and Cross sounds a lot like um, he sounds a lot like I do when I'm when I'm kind of down about the state of things. Uh, You just you wish your people would would wake up. You hate seeing your people run around. God, trying to be Jews almost. Um, it's it's really ugly. And uh, and all the while, the same people that you see as prostrating themselves before the Jew are called anti-Semites as they grovel and and, and beg forgiveness. It, it's uh, so yeah, it, it can be kind of sad. The state of anti-Semitism, the what's what is the real state of anti-Semitism? There's all there's always these uh, uh, these intelligence reports and all this other bullshit about. Uh, I, frankly, I don't even think they know. I think their paranoid and vicious behavior gets in the way of them actually making a a solid analysis. They're always saying that anti-Semitism is is getting higher and it's going up but some people actually like to count the numbers and uh, or, or, or pay attention to the actual figures um, I don't know here we have a few conflicting articles here one says that physical attacks on Jews in France increased by 45% last year and verbal attacks verbal attacks can you imagine if they measured verbal attacks on whites we just have to listen to a rap radio station and just take off the numbers. We'd have uh, we'd have reparations in casinos by the end of a, of a playlist. But verbal attacks increased by 71%. Oy vey! Indeed, according to a new report prepared by an umbrella group of French Jewish organizations. That's bad enough news, but to make matters worse, the French ambassador to the United States has been quoted as claiming that anti-Semitism actually decreased in France by 48%. They have some very precise measurements. Why don't you say like 48.439%, you know? I mean, like, you know, like 76.2% of statistics are made up on the spot completely. All right, that's an old joke. But the French ambassador, Jean-David Levet, made the claim of a 48% decrease during a speech in New York last October in view of other reports to the contrary, we wrote the ambassador to ask him his basis for the figure. During the four weeks we waited for Levite's reply, there were numerous anti-Semitic attacks. Attacks, arsenic, arsonists attacked and damaged Merkaz Hastora, a Jewish school in the Paris suburb of Gagny. A mob of French soccer fans shouting "Filthy Jew!" assaulted an Israeli man in a Paris restaurant compelling police officers to use lethal force to stop the attack. Oy vey, the persecution. There he is. Hello. Eh, I heard a click. It's alright, we'll get it. UK, <laughs> UK anti-Semitism numbers don't add up. This is from London, the Jewish press in London. Anti-Semitic incidents earlier soared in Great Britain last year, uh, dipped a bit or dropped significantly. It depends on whom you ask. A new report published by the Jewish 
by a Jewish organization said that there were 594 incidents, the most since records started being kept in 1984. That represents a 31% increase over the prior year, according to the annual report by the Community Security Trust. That's a sharp contrast to the London Mayor's Office, where Lee Jasper, Director of Equalities and Policing, reported that anti-Semitic attacks decreased sharply in the past year. Then, the Israeli-based Global Forum Against Anti-Semitism, chaired by the Foreign Affairs Ministry, reported that anti-Semitic incidents in the UK had fallen by 3% to 312 in 2006 from 321 the year before. The Jewish Chronicle, the UK's national weekly newspaper, reported that the Community Security Trust, quote, rebuked Israeli Foreign Minister Zippy Levini for grossly underestimating the level of anti-Semitism in the UK. A letter sent to Levini said the Israeli figures were wrong and reported the fall as grossly inaccurate in the portrayal of the situation in the UK. Oi! The Trust's report centered on six areas, extreme violence, assault, damage, desecration, threats, abusive behavior, and mass-produced anti-Semitic literature, the only area not to record a major increase. So, you printing press Nazis need to uh, get off your asses, you're underperforming. The Trust, which is involved in matters of anti-Semitism, terrorism, policing, and security, Lord help us, used figures of incidents recorded via Jewish organizations as well as people reporting to trust offices and representatives throughout the UK. Thirteen people were convicted of offenses relating to anti-Semitic incidents from 2005 and 2006. Other cases from 06 are awaiting trial. The government and police are expected to respond in the next few weeks to a parliamentary report on anti-Semitism published in September. Can you imagine can you imagine our Congress coming up with a, a like a, a department of study of loxism I mean yikes I don't know preaching to the choir anyway I'll continue anti-semitic hate crime levels have doubled in the last 10 years said Mark Gardner the trust communication director this is unacceptable racism that many Jews had hoped and believed was a thing of the past I always like when they use uh, anti-semitism and racism as uh, as analogs uh, because it kind of gives away the fact that they don't like being they don't like that being given away the fact that that Jews pretty much are a race but Jasper said that in recording to the metropolitan police figures anti-semitic attacks have dropped by about 25% in the past 5 years he also said that racist attacks on black asian and arab people in london are significantly higher than the level of anti-semitic attacks though he offered that any racist offense at all offenses at all are unacceptable do you know what the figures were for attacks on whites? They don't have any. So I guess it doesn't happen. Among the anti-Semitic incidents recorded in the trust report, 108 were called assaults, described as a physical attack that did not pose a threat on one's life. That was a 37% increase from 2005. Uh, if British media and other institutions, such as universities, were more balanced in their coverage of Israel... It would help us reduce the number of attacks on Jews and Jewish organizations. So yeah, the media is anti-Israel. We see other ethnic minorities standing up for the... Oh, oh, here's my favorite. Here's my favorite. Grab the popcorn. Mark Cave, founder and chief executive of a major advertising firm, penned some blame for the rise on anti-Semitism on Jews themselves. 
but it isn't what you think. Quote, we allow the confusion of anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism to happen in the minds of the public because we never talk to the public. We see other ethnic minorities standing up for themselves and standing proud. We can learn from this. We give so much to British society gratefully and happily that we can do well to afford to stand up and assert our right not to have our synagogues attacked, our cemeteries desecrated, or Jews assaulted in the street just because someone doesn't like Israel's policies. Noting the failure to speak up, Cave asks, Isn't that how the Jews of Berlin behaved in the early 1930s? Well, no. No, it isn't how they behaved in the 1930s. Let's see. Let's see. Let's go back. I wish I had a little sound effect with a little harp, you know, and the, the screen kind of goes blurry. Let's go back to the early 1930s. What were Jews doing? Why, they were declaring Marxist states and Bavaria and knocking over the weak government of Germany and making a de facto Marxist government there. They really came close to pulling it off. So yeah, that's what Jews were doing in the early 1930s in Germany. If you want to know, Jew cave. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of articles this week on anti-Semitism and the numbers not adding up. But uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? What what is the the uh, the truth about anti-Semitism? Um, I I know the, the the facts are that they're never allowed to. Uh, the facts are that we're never allowed to know the facts. We're never allowed to. Uh, actually put it to a test and say, you know, what what are these hate crimes? They're never real. I mean, what? Verbal abuse? You know, and these are Jews who live in cities. So, I mean, if you live in a city, verbal abuse, that's that's like part of living in a city, apparently. I mean, I don't, I don't know a lot about living in a city, but I just got back from one, and, and that's pretty much, I mean, <laughs> verbal abuse? Oy vey. You know? Um, let's see, the Jackamup, I don't think, he, he said that he was, uh, that he had it figured out, but I know how that can go. I know that that can be pretty, that can be pretty, uh, I don't know, you can get your levels and stuff right, and then all hell breaks loose as soon as you try to actually use it, but we've been, while I've been reading the story, him and I have been calling one another back and forth. I heard something. Are you there, Jack? Dog. Well, I know there's one guy who probably has his uh, setup working. And, uh, Jack, if you're listening to the stream, you can do a Skype test call. And that's what everyone, I think, should do before. Uh, or, like, your first call on Skype should be a Skype test call. I probably sound like a jackass right now because you probably use it every day and now all hell's breaking loose with your settings. I know exactly how that is and I feel your pain. For real. But right now, we're going to ring up Adam, white man for white land of the Wednesday edition of Free Talk Live fame and of DetroitIsCrap.blogspot.com fame. I don't know. Maybe we aren't. <laughs> okay. He's having a restart. Skype. Yeah, he, he has a he has a weird headset too. Here's something in tech news. We'll be with uh, Adam in just a moment. In tech news, the music industry, Maria, is asking 50 Ohio's 
university students to pay $3,000 each to avoid lawsuits accusing them of pirating songs off the internet. The Recording Industry Association of America asked the university to pass along letters to the students with uh, internet addresses accused of being involved with the illegal sharing or copyrighted music. The university notified the students on Monday. The downloading has occurred, and we can't change that, but we can let them know what their options are. Ohio University spokesman Sally Linder said Wednesday, Patrick McGee, a local attorney uh, the university arranged to meet with the students, said $3,000 is the standard offer through cases that have uh, been settled for, though cases have been settled for as much as $5,000. He has represented four Ohio University students in false sharing lawsuits. So, that's kind of a mess. Um, it's pretty neat, though, to see the, the Jewish recording industry and and um, no, I know that for a fact, man. You, I think we spoke to this uh, last month on one of the Free Talk Lives about the recording industry. And if there are any musicians out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The music industry. Uh, it's a long story. There's a really good article on the web that I, I wish somebody would dig up and post it on the forum. But it it talks about, and I'm not sure if it's by Scott Ian, who I know is a Jew, but he uh. I don't know if it's by, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's by Scott Ian himself, but it does mention Scott Ian, and I think that the basic premise is, is that you start your second album, like if you have one hit album, if you're signed as a band and you have one hit album, you begin your second hit album, or you begin your second album, that is, in debt to the record company, and they do that by basically stealing your money all out from under you. They and, and and guys are just kind of naive, you know, teenagers and twenty somethings, college age guys. We're we're just kind of naive about these things. All of a sudden, you're you're working hard in a band, you're gigging every night, you're traveling in a crappy band that catches on fire and smells like pot and bo, and and you're you're traveling all around the country and uh, driving with your dangerous ass bandmates who don't know how to drive, and you know it's just a hard life, and then. All of a sudden, some person from Island Records comes along, and they hear you, and they sign you, or they offer to sign you, rather, and you get new guitars, you get a guitar tech, your drummer gets a tech, you get a sound guy, I mean, they give you a bus, a driver, I mean, they give you a per diem, like 80 bucks, just like 80, 150 bucks, something like that a day, just walking around money for you to buy food and stuff like that. You get craft services backstage. I mean, if you you've been in a band, you, you've you've heard this stuff. You know what I'm talking about, or you've seen this stuff. You know what I'm talking about. But what they do is they charge an amazing amount of money for all this stuff. You don't. Most people don't really ask in the midst of all this stuff. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, where's this big nice tour bus and driver and food and guitars and stuff? Where's where's all this coming from? And whereas I can, you could rent a van or something like that for a reasonable amount of money. They basically charge you an arm and a leg for these things. And they make sure that you begin your second album when you tour and all said and done. By the time you actually look at a sheet of paper with zeros on it, well, you're in debt to the record company. And when you say, what the heck, they give you a long-ass list of of every guitar and service that they've over, for which they've overcharged you. So yeah, the the record industry is entirely Jude. 
Um, let's see, I have some people calling from landlines. What we like to do is get a VNN Skype message. So, yeah, who's ever in the 610 area code, uh, send me a Skype message first, if you would, please. Um, but now it looks like White Man for White Land has um, plugged in and he's ready to go. I'm going to go ahead and ring him up. Are you there, Adam? I hope so. Hey, yay. Here you are. Uh, man, it's... it's Sounds pretty good. It, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, slow and steady. Um, it's one of those nights, man. One <laughs> of those nights. I've been, uh, well, I've been listening to you. I've been making a little YouTube video, just putting something together on uh, Movie Maker uh, about Shannon Christian. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, just looking at the details of that thing, man, are absolutely sombering and it's uh, brought a tear to my eye tonight but um, we got to keep going ahead you know things like that happen and it's our job to make sure that everybody knows about them because the mass media which is run by Jews and a host of disgusting white people traitors to our race have covered up the stories like that and like I said it's our job to come on on Friday night Monday night and Wednesday night to uh Make sure everybody knows about them. So I got some TNB for you out of Detroit tonight. You got some TNB for us? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think I got it. Shizzle, my niggas. It's time for the TNB section of our program. Well, all right. Um, <laughs> God, I love that clip. How did you? Uh, is that Stan on that clip, by the way? I don't know. That's my guess, though. I, it sounds like him. I thought it was Alex before funny. I actually listened to it, and then when I listened <laughs> to it, I heard that it was Stan. And I know Stan like cuts. He he like puts. He's been putting together the promo, so I imagine it is him. Yeah, uh, it's pretty damn good. I love it. But um, that's my introduction. Apparently, my official introduction. But anyway, we have a uh, we have a white, it seems like we have a serial gang rapist, uh, I don't know what you would call them, like a a gang that's going around abducting women and uh, taking them to a house and uh, holding them hostage where they are end up being uh, kidnapped and, well, raped and uh, sexually assaulted. And apparently... I saw that video on your web, on your blog last night. Yeah, um, there's been some other new developments on it. I guess it happened to well, another. Let's see. Let's get the backstory f- real quick first. Um, yeah, I, I'm tempted almost to just play the video. I don't. Yeah, go ahead if you want, because I can't play it. You know, so you can hear it. So yeah, if you want to, go ahead and play it real quick. It's only a couple minutes long. Yeah, I, I, I do want to say, Adam, from your site, DetroitIsCrap.blogspot.com, you you get a lot of uh, well-deserved uh, uh, kudos for that. But one thing that you don't get enough kudos for I don't think is or, or enough recognition for yet and I know you will is uh, the stuff you do the videos you put together on YouTube you bring us a little bit of Africa I mean Detroit uh, to our living rooms and uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but well, it's a good thing that we know <laughs> about it yeah it's a good thing that we know about it but yeah let me let me see I hope I can get the levels on this right but yeah the headline on detroitiscrap.blogspot.com white girl kidnapped locked in basement and gang raped by niggeros niggas Watch Amy Lang is live in Detroit. Sounds what good. did she tell police, Amy? Well, the teen told police that her horrifying ordeal ended here at Seven Mile in Evergreen when one of her attackers dropped her off 
here at a bus stop. The alleged victim told police about 4 o'clock Monday afternoon school let out and the 17-year-old girl from Arts Academy in the Woods in Fraser started walking along Masonic, heading to a bus stop at Macomb Mall. Fraser police say the teenager was still on Masonic nearing Kelly when a red car pulled up and the driver offered her a ride. Stated something to the effect it was cold out there and, and do you want a ride? So hesitantly she got into the vehicle to get a ride to the Macomb Mall where she wanted to catch a bus. But the teen says he didn't let her out in Macomb Mall. When she questioned him, he threatened her and told her to be quiet. She told police he drove her to a home in Detroit near Telegraph. So, yeah, I just blew everyone's ears out. Sorry about that. The, the internet, the internet sucks. Everyone knows that. But their levels are all weird. And when you play a video like that, you have to. I had to crank it way up, and hopefully now it's back down. It appears to be. Uh, are you still there, white man? anybody didn't hear I, uh, just real quick uh, hello yeah okay still there okay um real quick um just the uh, what happened basically what happened was in case anybody missed the end of the video or whatever it uh what this girl got abducted on the side of the road and she got taken to a house and she was raped by several different men over a period of uh, a day or a night and they kept her in a room and people kept coming in and uh they'd uh rape her apparently and um she was apparently offered food by a woman uh, there's always a strange connection between these nigger women and white rapes where they're present. Um, so anybody that says, well, black women are a little bit l less evil than the black nig you know, black male niggers, uh, yeah, check out these stories like the Shannon Christian uh, murder rape and this one where there's women actually offering this girl food while she's raped in a basement of a house. Yeah, and they um, tell her to uh, just do what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Okay, well, of course, once again, we're fighting the reporter for the story here. Okay. Because we don't get a picture of the victim. We don't get a picture of, or, or, or we don't get a, even a description of the, uh, you know, the suspects. Indeed, uh, for all we know, this could be the more typical happening, or one would oh, yeah, think so of could be maybe a white rapist. four white guys <laughs> and a white girl feeding a poor black Negro female. And uh, so, yeah, yes. it could just as easily be that, right? Well, that happens more often, right? so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's, it's <laughs> definitely possible. We, at this point, we don't know. We really know Dietrich. Um, we're, we're, we suspect that uh, it's possible a connection to uh, some black males. Well, anyway, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the info which I had to mine from the story. This Frazier is a 98% white city, um, suburb of metro detroit uh -oh. which, where the girl was uh, abduct, abducted from so uh 
you can draw the conclusion that uh, it's a 98% chance that this was a white girl. Right. Um, she was taken to a house in Detroit. Detroit is a city which is 90% black, so there's a 90% chance that these were niggers who, who were doing it. And seven miles um, is what they said in the video, which I know yes, is less than eight miles, so it's slightly <laughs> more niggery than the Eminem movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but... Uh, well, I'm just a country boy, but, but I, yeah, you, I imagine... You don't, you don't you don't know the stats and shit. Yes, no, but, right. but uh, yeah, but I'm no, guessing it's, seven uh, mile is closer to Detroit than eight mile. Yes, well, sl- seven mile is uh, farther into. It depends on where you are, but far- seven mile is definitely farther into Detroit. It's uh, Adam. Is it more or less niggery than eight mile? <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's m- much more niggery. Actually, there's more strip clubs on eight mile, but uh, I just drove down seven mile today. Actually, going to work and. Uh, it's pretty fucking niggery. Actually, Seven Mile is the uh, street where I drive by every day, and there's a grocery store actually on the corner with a nice big black power fist painted right on the front door. So it really says, "White's welcome. Come on in. We won't rape you or take you to a basement." Um, anyway, actually, I think that's what it says: "Is please don't burn my store down, motherfuckers." That's possible. Yeah. Please don't rob my ass, motherfuckers. I, I can't afford this shit no more. Yeah, I've seen that when we were talking about last week, the uh, ruins of Detroit, uh, that you can you can grab that from either last week's notes or we can post it again. But there there's a uh, there's a store that used to be a used to be a nice corner block and now it's a liquor store or something. When, and it's got it's got a spray paint rendering of two black hands escaping or, or breaking free from chains from handcuffs, and it says black yeah. owned on it. And how proud yeah. you. How proud you must be, motherfucker! I wonder how much how much uh, malt liquor they sell there. Eh? Tons. Breaking, they sell it breaking the chains of the white man. You can buy all your malt liquor from another nigga. <laughs> shit, you know and, it's got and a, your poke fried chitlins and shit, all that. <laughs> got all that for you. What's that stuff that uh, Dick Gregory nigger was talking about? Uh, manganese, yeah, make oh, you manganese. crazy. Manganese will make you crazy. <laughs> It's like, damn. Make you wild out and shit. And he was talking about how, yeah, that's what that's the white man sells malt liquor because it's got manganese in it and it makes you go crazy. Oh, and yeah. that, that actually happens a, to be true. Sure. There, there are neurotoxic effects to manganese, but damn, that shit must be like in the air and after. You know what, man? It, it's a motherfucking mixture of the lead paint chips and the motherfucking manganese that's making our people be all fucked up and shit. Right. Uh, that's what it. That's what it be is, man. Come on. You right. Know, you can't deny it. They got the same thing over in Africa though. You know, white people don't be eating the paint chips and drinking that shit. No, come on now, it's a white conspiracy. <laughs> but anyway, fucking niggers, man. I can't. I'm so sick of them. But uh, yeah. So anyway, this girl. Uh, but you sacrifice for us and bring us the. Uh, you bring us the I DMB. Do. Yeah. I do. But uh, I have to do it because that's just how I'm made. Well, if you don't, and, uh, literally nobody else will. If you yeah, I mean, think about I get that. I get so many comments on my blog. They're just like, man. You're doing what nobody else will, you know. There, there's hundreds of blogs about... I was looking at one today. There's this fucking blog called freesheed.com. Now, Sheed, S-H-E-E-D, is a nickname for a nigger basketball player here in Detroit named Rashid Wallace. Oh, I knew that. Who jumps around, and he's apparently he's gotten the most technical fouls in basketball. Or he's he gets like... like a sh- he gets thrown out of like damn near every other game because of his technical fouls because he can't keep his goddamn fucking brain. He, ca- he can't control his fucking body. He can't make his brain control his body. It's an, impossible for him to control it. So there's a whole blog dedicated to 
allowing Sheed to not calling technical fouls on Sheed and, and how much everyone at the blog loves Sheed. And they have, a, they have an online petition which has 24,000 signatures saying, we don't want you to call technical fouls on Sheed anymore. It's fucking sickening, Who man. said political activism was dead in the qua? But, hey, you, you know you get it. Yeah, hey, there you go. There's you, some serious... <laughs> hey, those people are making a difference, yeah, man. You know Free you get you know you ghetto when you're starting a blog trying to free seed, you know. Fuck, man. <laughs> uh, the, the sad thing is those are probably white people doing it, you know, in the suburbs. And uh, just go to that fucking site, man. If you want to throw up, if you have some like a bad dinner or something, and you don't want to use Epicac, just go to that fucking site and uh, check that out. But um, yeah, but I, I mean, I get I get tons of comments on my blog. People are just like, man, there's there's nobody doing what you're doing, and it's easy for anybody to do. So do it, and it. it it's Got not it. really easy. I mean, you do put. You, it's obvious that you put time into it. It's it's easy to do what I do. It's easy to do it. It just takes a little bit of time. That's all. And it, it doesn't even know. take time to do what I do. And and I, yeah. I mean I, I you know what what I'm doing is what I want to do. It isn't about my local area because my local area is like 99 percent white. Right. Uh, yeah. So I don't have the treasure trove. So all all I basically try to do is just uh, the stuff I'm interested in. My blog started off as uh, and it pretty much still is. It's a way for my wife and I to trade links back and forth because we're not always on Messenger, and so we hell we never see one another. The week I was, the week I was out of town on the West Coast, I uh, I spoke to her more that week than I normally do on every other week. We work opposite schedules, so basically the the short story is that we that that my blog was started just so we could pass links back and forth and go, oh my God, look at this. You know, we have the same base, we have the same like political viewpoints and stuff. But your blog yeah. is an actual blog that uh, that y- you bring your own. Uh, well, you re-edit, you re-editorialize and re-edit content. You fight the reporter for us in a in a really in a real uh, profound way. You really do. You fight the reporter for us as much as you can. And, well, it's uh, not. It's not really. It's not that I have to fight them that much. I mean. Uh, they, you know, if 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 they could, if they could edit out everything they wanted to edit out here in Detroit, they wouldn't be able to put out any news. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. So I, I, there's a lo- there's there's a good amount of that that I do have to do, but um, yeah, it would lot, be you know, Pravda if they had if they had their druthers. <laughs> yeah. they'd be Pravda. They'd have to write stories about you know somebody planting flowers on the corner of right. the street and putting no dumping signs around and shit like that. It was just, which are just you know pointless fluff or like the story I put on my blog about. Big Bad D. Oh um, yeah, Big Bad D or or yeah. this one. I like let me play a little bit of this. You know you ghetto. There you go. You ghetto. You ghetto. I love you the lyrics. You know you ghetto when you got rats and roaches, the fan in the window front door wide open. You know you ghetto when you say ain't and finna change the channel with some players, got a hanger for him. You know you ghetto eating chicken every day with color weave in your hair and you tricking for a pay. Go deep in your mouth, out talking loud in the car that you drive costs more than your house. You know car you that you drive in costs more than your house. You know you ghetto. <laughs> I work in the ghetto every day and I swear to God I've seen every fucking meme they put on that on that music video, man. Yeah, done seriously. I've seen, yeah. I've seen every single one. I swear to God, man, it's so true. And uh, yeah, it's not just the average black person. It's fucking the norm. It's nigger normal. 
Damn. And have you ever? Do you carry a? Do you have a camera with you when you go out? Uh, I ha- I have a. I don't have a good one. I have a crappy one that just wouldn't. It wouldn't portray <laughs> the TNB in a fashion which would be sufficient. So, but I'm working on getting a, a video camera so I <laughs> I can stop. What, what was, was there was something I the other day that I wanted to. F- oh, that man, would totally. Remember. That would so totally be worth a uh, spending some VNN money. <laughs> yeah, that VNN I think, card, card I got. Yeah, hey guys. Yeah, really, the VNN. Put card. that in the budget. Yeah, Alex, yeah. Please. Yeah, you guys. I, I, anybody listening now to uh, to White Man? He he won't do it, but I'll I'll do it. Y'all should uh, send some money to uh, Alex and write write a little card saying, hey, maybe we should get White Man for White Land a camera, <laughs> nice camera with a nice uh, lens on it, so we can. Get all the T and B and raging yeah, any color. benefactors yeah. out there. I yeah, send I mean, three hundred bucks. So. Yeah, we've got a guy willing to go into the jungle that works in the jungle every day. You know, <laughs> hell yeah. Why not give him I a camera? It you know, it'd be really cool if you, you know you could uh, do like a Steve or Irwin of the ghetto. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Like the uh, bum hunter, Steve. Uh, the bum. You ever seen that one? Uh-uh. The bum hunter. Yeah, uh-uh. he does like a Steve Irwin uh, like. Spoof on he like kidnaps these bums and it's pretty funny man. Look that up on you. Look that up on YouTube or something like that. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah yeah. But uh yeah like, something like that that would be pretty funny. I'll be like this. Boy, this There's is one with a fried chicken. He's got a drumstick hanging right out of his mouth. He's Look trying to get all. away. <laughs> oh he's trying to get away. Let's follow him. I'm gonna catch him. Oh, this is a great specimen here. Oh. But, uh, now you can see right here, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, just like that. And uh, that you can see right here, his head looks like a dirty tennis ball. <laughs> this is the mark of <laughs> the <perfect> specimen. <laughs> this is the mark of the Detroit tribe. <laughs> he's got a he's got a couple of that teardrop tattoos under his eye. I think that means he's he's killed a couple of other specimens in battle. <laughs> the local detention center. Oh um, my god You know what I'm going to send you Some clips And I should probably Be talking about this Off air But I'm, I'm going to send you Some really cool clips About a, a, a lecture series That I have on The roots of human behavior And it's about Bonobos And uh, other Great apes And uh, there are some Really funny stories That she's telling About them That it's probably stuff that you could identify with the stuff that you've seen in Detroit, like uh, masculinity displays and, and, and like stuff my like dick. that. It's like everything but the boom and bass, man, and it's it's all bonobo all the time. Oh shit, yeah. So um, but yeah, anyway. I'm just looking over your blog, man. I mean, just god damn. I mean, it it. And you know what? Even like with me, it it didn't even. I mean, even with me, but it. It didn't even register with me until really I saw your blog. I, I'm I'm being dead serious here. It did not register with me until I started reading your blog just in the past few days. That niggers like, are this how fucking crazy. Often this. Well, I knew that. I knew. Hey, I'm from South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I'm from South Carolina. Yeah. So you're not gonna teach me much about that. But yeah, well, you know, I know what you're saying though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, think about okay, it this way. There was so often. Yeah, there's four hundred like, fifty. And like, if any one of these things, there's like how many? Th- just on the front page of your blog, okay? There's like, there's like seven or eight things, okay? Right on the front page of your blog, and if any one of these seven or eight stories involved a white person, except for as a victim, then it would be, it would be national coverage. The the presidential candidates would be talking about it, as 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 an example of why we need to heal the racial divide and and and. Good lord. I mean, just these headlines. I mean, 
And they are. Just look at the ones, the one, the one I have on my blog, the Stephen Grant one. That's fucking national news, candlelight vigils covered in national news. Um, they always seem to have these candlelight vigils, but... Um, I mean, here are the headlines. White girl kidnapped, locked in basement, and gang raped by niggers. Okay, we heard some of that, uh, hopefully. And uh, then we have the Channing Christian uh, saga. Uh, then we have a black stalker after a college student. Uh, then we have a, uh, a a black male. Apparently, he has a white girlfriend because there's a white kid, and he's the I don't know. He's like her boyfriend or her ex boyfriend yeah. now. And there's a video of this baby just struggling, tied up. I mean, it looks like pictures from fucking Guantanamo yeah, Bay, video or Abu Ghraib rather. Yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. shit stuffed in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, so with his scream. hand tied behind his back. Yeah, uh, on the floor. And here's another one. Burning a baby multiple times with a cigarette lighter. Uh, four people shot in a drive-by. Uh, some, and this is horrible. I mean, some, what is this? Uh, father shot dead. Killer of father remains on the loose. What's that about? Uh, that was just a, they killed um, just a random, another one random drive-by. Uh, some father. He's, they, they actually seem like a pretty respectable Negro um, couple there in Detroit. Usually, the ones that move out, you know, into white areas. Yeah. Okay. But uh, apparently, you know, she, his wife has on like African dashiki garb and all that shit. Oh, that's right. Him. I saw that. Yeah, you know, that was pretty sad. Actually, at least, I mean, yeah, it is, it is pretty sad because at least they're not race. You know, they're not race mixers. They're just two blacks who, who are trying to raise a family. But uh, you know, wh- what the fuck? I'm sorry, but your fucking race ruined it for you. You know. And, uh, of course... Yeah, it's like, they know, have to put up with it. We don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, you know, that's fine. And, uh, you know, you should be living down there. That's right. That's what they should be doing, is living down there and trying to make their communities better, not moving into ours and telling us that we need to accept more blacks into our communities, which is what most of them do. So, I kind of feel sorry for them in a way, but... And worst of all... Not really. Worst of all, some poor negress had her weave super glued on with liquid nails... <laughs> that's a travesty. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, yeah, yeah, her hair fell out, so she had to. She's bald now. All right, now I'm right. seeing one of these videos. Mac Avenue serial killer trial starts today. Now there's, yeah. there's a black guy here in a in a prison suit, but black people aren't serial killers. Could you explain that? He's the first one ever, <laughs> ever, 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 <laughs> ever that I've seen. So right, I, I and by Kill, that uh, we mean no. You, yeah, yeah, we're we're joking, everybody. Um, yeah. I have a link to the Vanguard News Network forums, uh, non-white uh, serial spree mass killer list with photo gallery, which proves uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that Negroes and Mexicans and a few Jews do, in fact, serial kill and mass kill and spree kill. Oh, so God, of course Jews... We're not the only ones. Of course Jews mass kill. Remember that well, whole 9-11? Of course. <laughs> They just don't. They're just better at getting away with it, I think. Yeah, and just, they just do. They just do it in such massive proportions. Yeah, that it's, it's impossible f- to. Uh, yeah, it's like a big lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. it's a big lie and murder action. Okay, Jeff yeah. Beck messages and says that he's interested in Highland Park. What happened there? What photos were taken down? I I I don't know. Um, there was a. There was a a photo report on one of these these forums where they go into these urban, they call it like urban uh, exploration. 
Right. Where they go into, like, you know, places like Detroit. Highland Park is a, a piece of Detroit. It's like a borough of Detroit. They go into places like that, and they go into these old abandoned buildings, which at one point were million-dollar buildings, had, you know, beautiful architecture uh, designed by, the, you know, uh, best ar- architectures of the times. And um, they're currently just boarded up and what whatnot, and they, but they they still are intact on the inside, you know. And they, but anyway, these pictures were just amazing, and it looked like something out of Twenty Eight Days Later. Uh, every, you know, they had things like the mugshots were were still there, all the evidence, like the night they have a, pot, a table filled with knives and old rusty knives. They have police uniforms and gas masks and everything that were just left there. Like everybody just left one day, you know. So, yeah. And it was pretty cool. But I, yeah, they, they, they were on this forum, and I had had it linked to the forum. Unfortunately, I didn't save all the pictures, and apparently the forum they were linked on uh, pulled all the photos. So I don't know. I would assume that. The chances are the reason that the photos were pulled was for legal issues because technically you're trespassing by doing that. And he videotaped his tre- he, he he photographically reported his trespassing. So and that's I don't know the deal. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, or is that the possible, only? Yeah. You know, and something. And this guy, let's just say he he he. When he reported it, he made commentary, and he did have pictures of a bunch of nig. You know, he made it. It was like borderline racialist, man. It was like, did you see it? No, you, I didn't. see Okay, because no. he he had this like really cool. He it was like written in report form. You know, he went through and he took pictures and he told you like what happened when he went into these buildings and that there were squatters who tried to get in fights with him. You know. Yeah, but and, he documented uh, it. It's but he documented it. Yeah, very it white like, thing to do. Yeah, yeah and it was bo- it was borderline racialist. I mean, the pictures were just awesome quality pictures. Really, and I guess they couldn't they, help to be. I mean. R- real reportage of anything in Detroit has to be pretty much borderline. Ra- I mean, it implies so much. Right. Well, well, the guy. I mean, he, I don't know. Just Which the is way why he, they can't he report it. He, 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 he took like he took pictures of uh, some of the mugshots he found and had like these crazy looking niggers, and he put like four of uh, four of their mugshots, and then he put uh, four. He's under it. He put you know he captioned four pictures of uh, black. Uh, suspects or whatever, and then he had two pictures he found of people, you know, white people who were mutilated and shot, and then he put two dead white people under it. So, you know, it was kind of like borderline, you know, but who knows, maybe the city of Highland Park looked at it and said, oh, look, there's something that's politically incorrect here, let's fucking try to find this guy and hunt him down and make an example out of him, you know, because that's the type of propaganda that really sticks in people's minds, and it's not propaganda, it's just the facts, what's there? Yeah. There's no need. There's no need to, you know, turn spin it in any way, shape, or form. It's just a picture. So that's the type of thing that that they don't want us. You know, they don't want to get out. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey, we have so, a new caller. Anyway. Jack, are you in? Are you in now? Finally. Give us a kiss. Nope. Nothing. Okay. Dog. Yeah, I think your mic's bone, my friend. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and um, USB man, the way to go. USB, yeah, USB. maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm it depends. U- I'm using the sound card on my little laptop here, and that I mean that seems to work okay. I guess. I mean, yeah, it depends. If you're having troubles hooking up your uh, sound card mic, go USB. It's just plug and play. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and um, uh, take a quick little break and re- okay. refill cool. my little bottle of water here, and uh, I'm gonna play that. Um, I'm gonna play that promo I did for from your Wednesday for and from your Wednesday show. This is and man, play even the whole ghetto song, man. Play the whole thing, man. It's funny shit. All right, want. yeah, yeah. And I'll play the. <laughs> we'll go on to the ghetto. 
uh, song. But uh, yeah, here's a. I don't know. This is hysterical. I mean. Uh, well, hey, uh, I got one more uh, TNB story. Do you want to keep me on after? Or sure, keep me on as long as you want to stay on, man. All right, yeah. Cool, I'll come back in for one more after the uh, break here. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. All right. If you missed VNN Broadcasting's premiere of the Wednesday edition of VNN's Free Talk Live, you missed... I wanted to tell you about something I saw today, and I want to know, since you live in Detroit, if this is something you've seen. I saw a nigger today, and on his car... left side of the vehicle. That's called layaway, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one from the left. Adam from VNN Broadcasting Wednesday nights. And what would happen if David Duke came to Detroit? Or, you know, Alex Linder, God forbid, came to Detroit to give a speech? Huh. You think the mayor of fucking anywhere would uh, embrace him? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think I would embrace but, uh, him. Actually, yeah, that, that would be fun to give a speech and rile up the monkeys. Oh, uh, wouldn't it? You all have been lied to. You are not, in fact, equal to humans. You are somewhere in between monkey and man. It is necessary that we constrain you for your own good. Free Talk Live is a production of Vanguard News Network Broadcasting.
And mama instead of mom, you say ma instead of dad, you say dad, you see. Lick the stars, Bobby, you stand the love. Look at the way you Friday, March 9th edition with BNN's Free Talk Live. It looks like we finally have Jack. Are you there? Yes, Dietrich. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can. Just make sure you talk really full. You're a little bit low, so I don't yeah. think there's Hold anything. Hold on. Let me see if I can get on a better line. Hold on. That'd be good. Okay. Also... Right. Is that better? Yeah, that's yeah. much better. Okay, yeah. I don't know what happened with this mic. I bought this today. Okay, now you're super oh. loud, so do the opposite of what I told you to do just a second ago. Okay, how's that? Okay, that's perfect. Wonderful. Yeah, Yankee Jim, are you in? I'm in. Uh, I just had a cute story to you know tell about Highland Park, and but right. I'll sit here and I'll sit here and listen. Well, no, since we're on Highland Park, but uh, you're real, your level's real hot. So uh, just uh, just so you you know that, and uh, it's real high. Yeah, it's well, not real, real high, but yeah, it's pretty high. Uh, it's above everybody else's. So just just so you know, um, we were on the subject of Highland Park. So if you wanted to go ahead and uh, mentioned that. You said you had something about Highland Park. You wanted to talk about it. Well, that and a few other things. Sure. But, uh, uh, on the Highland Park, I, that picture, I think there was a picture of the of the jail there uh, with the knives in the drawer and the, and the niggers with the funny hair. Uh, I, I think I was locked up in that jail for an hour or two. Really? Back, <laughs> yeah, back in my youth, the more I think about it, uh, I think I posted this on vnnforum.com somewhere when we were talking about this uh, a little while ago. H- how's my volume? Has it? Uh, it's is it, it's is perfect. It, it oh, looks, it is. Okay. Yeah, it looks perfect. To me. Yeah, see, it actually the way it sounds is different than what actually goes out. Apparently, that's uh, it's it's not uncommon in in sound and recording and stuff. But you, I really have to look at the meters here at, at what's going out, and that's pretty much how I tell. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that that said, but uh, so yeah, you you were in the jail there. What what were you doing, Yankee Jim, to get in the jail well, in Highland? Well, back in uh, it must have been about 1971 because that would have put me at at 16 years old, and I was working delivering Western Union telegrams all around the city of Detroit and the Down River area back when I was uh, 16 years old, and. I don't remember the exact location. It was somewhere right off of Woodward. There was a uh, near six mile. Uh, does that sound about right, Adam? I I lost track of all my bearings. I think six mile and Woodward 
near Palmer Park. That's that's Highland Park, isn't it? You go a little right further out there. Woodward towards downtown Detroit. Yeah, right around. Well, there. either way, uh, there was a there was a huge drug dealer. Uh, her- there was you know a lot of heroin going on back back in uh, during you know that when I was coming up as a teen. That was you know the drug of choice for the Negroes, and there was this huge. I think at the time he was the biggest drug dealer in in the Detroit area. Is that a white I mean, guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that guy's name was like they called him White Boy, like Mike or something like that. No, no, I'm I'm kidding. He was not. Oh, uh, he there was, was not one like that. But I think he's he's a little bit older. You got to remember this. This yeah. is back in 1971. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I mean, you know, heroin back then was pretty pretty much a black thing. I, I realize now it's the it's the drug of choice for Well the, it's a drug of choice in prisons too, so if that tells Well you the know. you got the young white kids now that wanna be niggers, the grunge uh, type, the Kurt Cobain idol, you know, they all wanna be heroin addicts, especially since niggers have always done that drug. Uh goes with the do rags. But the, this guy was the absolute biggest uh, drug dealer, and s- something happened. I think there was a death in his family. Well, I, I don't really remember. Maybe somebody in his family got killed in a hit because this was this was there was some serious drug trafficking going on back then. And uh, I had to take a, a telegram. I guess it was a condolence uh, telegram to this guy's house. And and telegrams. Well, I used to work at night. And uh, I, w- I was like a hippie type. I had I had real long hair uh, back then, and I was just a skinny, skinny, you know, pathetic white kid myself. I, I was pretty pathetic as a youth. Some people say to this day I'm pretty pathetic, but that's another story. <laughs> Ask anyone down on the hill in West Virginia; they'll they'll, they'll agree that I'm pretty pathetic. But uh, this drug dealer, uh, he was, you know, needless to say, un- under constant observance by by I'm assuming you know detectives or or, or narco uh, cops from the Highland Park to police police department because it it was although it was right near the Detroit border it was actually in Highland Park and I wish I could remember the guy's name so were you delivering this telegram and they uh, they, they decided to bust them right as you were in the house or something no 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 they decided to harass me and I mean, it was pretty clear that I was out working and delivering telegrams because I had a little tin sign that used to lay on the dashboard in the window, you know, that said Western Union, and you know, I had a spotlight, the kind that plugs into the cigarette lighter, that you know, so you could look at the addresses. This was like nine, ten o'clock at night, and um, uh, I mean, I had a stack of telegrams and a clipboard, you know, whatever you needed to deliver telegrams. You had all the paperwork and, and stuff. It, I was clearly working. But what I think, uh, I, I did have some Negro friends back in the day, uh, being as how I grew up in Detroit, it was almost unavoidable. But uh, I think, you know, back in 1970 or 71, believe it or not, and this is going to sound funny, especially to you younger guys like Adam, that the police department was quite racist back even after the riots in 70 and 71. What? I mean... I think they harassed me simply because I had a black guy in the car with me. And like I said, he was a friend of mine at the time, you know, a high school chum, and, you know, we probably got high together. Who the hell knows? But I think that's why the cop pulled me over, because he, he couldn't stand to see, a, like, a white kid hanging out with a nigger. And it's kind of funny, because that's, that's the way I am now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know how kids are when they're 16, that you think you're you know, untouchable and pretty 
tough and all that kind of stuff. And Yankee Jim. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, let me get this right. Uh, just just a synopsis all scenario here. You're in a black neighborhood. Very with black. With a in your car. Correct. Go into a drug dealer's house at night. I'd been and there. And why the cops pulled you over? <laughs> well, no, it happened literally right out in front of the guy's house. But go ahead. It's by the drug dealer's house. Yeah, he was the biggest drug dealer in Detroit at the time, right. that I, right. if I remember. Oh, Jesus Christ. But, uh, you know, a, I mean, it was a tough job, but somebody had to do it. You're not cute. That's, that's a piece of paper you just threw out the window. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, I mean, I used to do the jobs that they didn't want to do. Right. Well, that's a job nobody wants. Yeah. Good thing that's we have Mexicans job. now. We have Mexicans now to uh, deliver, telegram all the heroin, yeah. right? Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Anyhow, the, so they decided that the, the cop decided to harass me, and like I said, I think it was because, well, you know, because I was left the drug dealer's house. But even though I showed the guy, look, I'm working. Here's the telegrams. Here's my next stop. You know, he still decided to be a tough cop. He was one of them cops that, you know, he just had to prove to you that he's a cop. I yeah. mean. But yet, I was a smart-ass teenager at the time, and I think he asked me to get out of the car or, or you know, I was talking through a crack in the window about, uh, you know, I rolled the window down about three inches. Yeah, they hate that. In my in my 66 <laughs> Mustang. And I'm talking to the guy, and, and I didn't break any laws, and I showed him that I was working, but yet he insisted I got out of the car, and, and I said, no, I'm not getting out of the car, and... I forget what happened. It got pretty nasty. They didn't have a taser back then. You would have. No, they. You got to remember. Yeah. See, that's the whole thing. They had real they had guns. Black I don't know. I forget what they had, <laughs> but I was, I was in the car, and I did end up outside of the car, and and I, I just don't remember it for sure, but I do seem to remember a mother having to come down and get me out of the, uh, you know, out of the out of that jail that was on that website. Uh, I, I remember the beige colored bricks. Uh, the the unusual architecture of the building it was it's pretty cool as long as you're on the outside of it but uh <laughs> yeah, the, and, and, the, and yeah, that didn't look that fun that, yeah that, but even if i was in there it was only for for a couple of hours and uh it was all over bullshit i mean i seem to remember my mother as a matter of fact i'm gonna say i know i was in that jail because i seem to remember her and i think my stepfather may have had to come down also but i i do seem to remember them being upset you know because it was it was pretty obvious i wasn't there to score drugs and and the cop was sitting there, and he saw me, and he actually saw me hand the guy the tele, even though it was night. You know, there were lights out, and he could he could tell. Uh, so that, that's my story. I just you know, since we're talking about Highland Park, uh, like black in the jail is like, man, I didn't do that shit, man, I didn't do that. But you know, I was you know, telegram. It's like this motherfucker. Yeah. Like I love that shit. Like when he a full man, and you know, no, no, oh, no, man, no. I was delivering telegrams to this this guy, and he's yeah. fucking. Oh shit! I was doing that same shit, man. I was doing that. I was delivering telegrams, man. That motherfuckers. It's, it's shit. Kind of, it's kind of funny because you know, even though it was nigger infested Highland Park back then, <laughs> and and Detroit especially Highland Park, I I I seem to remember it's still there were still a couple tiny little sections that were somewhat livable. But there was always a. I just don't remember anything bad happening in the jails. And as funny as you know, I mean, the Negroes back in 1971, believe it or not, it just seems like they were more manageable, more more. Even though they did heroin and and they still killed other niggers. They were a lot smarter back then. I know that they weren't in control well, of the city. They were they still. Didn't have this. They 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 were still. Uh, 
they, they, they were they, at that point starting to take control. They were, yeah, they, were yeah. still, they were still being oppressed. Well, no, they were just starting <laughs> because they they knew to keep they knew to keep that what they shit. Need. <laughs> That's right. They they knew to keep that shit in their neighborhoods. Yeah. They didn't yeah. venture out to Fraser or or to to Seven Mile and Evergreen, and that's what that's what caught my attention initially when you guys were talking about that girl that got uh, taken out to that house on Seven Mile and Evergreen and got and gang raped with with the with the negress who was bringing her the food. Yeah, what's with that? By the Unbelievable. way, Unbelievable. It happened what is with twice the, what is, actually. Yeah, what's with the girls that bring the the white girls the food and tell them they you always do, do that? Is that, shit. So is that some kind of meme or something? I, hang on, I don't. I'm from Florida. I don't know this. Is this some kind of? Is, is this? Well, no. I believe it repeated? happened. It, it happened in the Shannon Christian murder where they were raped her for two days and some, it did. Some black girl was there. She wasn't giving her food, but she was at least there witnessing it oh, okay. while it happened that. and actually was charged with rape. With the uh, with the uh, male niggers that that raped her, so right. um, she actually was charged with literal rape and not just accessory or anything like that. So who knows? Maybe Good I don't know Lord. what the fuck that. I don't I don't even know what that means. Yeah, but, yeah. or what what the details are how that happens. But um, I don't want to know uh, really. But uh, yeah, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I think something like that happened in Wichita too. But I'm wrong about that. Okay, um, you're talking about the Wichita massacres. I'm not. I don't think. No, maybe I could be wrong about that. But, um, See, these I don't people are animals, and and, yeah. and to, for them to do that, it's nothing. You no, know, they're it's all not. it's all part of that mentality. But anyhow, yeah, and yeah. our problem is we, we we look at them and we 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 compare them to ourselves. You know, it's one of the biggest problems as as human beings we have is it's not the we can't differentiate ourselves from them. Yeah, you, you have look to at compare them everything to other people, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't have, like, and Alex Linder said this a million times, they don't have it. They don't have the mentality that we do. And, and you know, I know, I, I coach kids, uh, I coach football for, for young kids, and, and uh, one of the things that's hard for us to remember is that these kids have no idea what we're talking about because they've never done it before. And, and as adults, we don't understand that, you know, because we don't realize that these, you know, they're blank tapes. Uh, these niggers are playing tapes too. They don't get it. They don't have the capacity to get it. Well, that's the thing. You that's know, what like makes a them monkey, so. You, a monkey cannot sit down and write a, a novel. Yeah, that's what makes them so dangerous. Is that they're too stupid. That's to, right, to know and the that's why everything's fucked up. Is we don't get it. They're too stupid to fear the repercussions. I mean, God, right. you know, you, you know, like these. Uh, these niggeros that go, joy, you know, that'll rob somebody and take their car and go joyriding in the car. It's like, goddamn, you know, they're gonna scan the plates. Damn, mm-hmm. I mean, they're gonna find you. It's gonna take a couple hours tops. I mean, what was that one movie with Martin Short and um, uh, Mr. Susan Sarandon? Uh, when when the, the white guy was like, goddamn, wear a mask <laughs> if, you're gonna, if you're gonna knock over these. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I posted tonight on the Philadelphia Daily News that, that the uh, the negros came in to where they robbed this. They were going to rob this Korean guy, and uh, he pulled a gun. He shot one right there in the restaurant, and then he walked out. He, you know, he chased the other one outside, shot him on the ground outside, and all the neighbors. Now the whole area is all black, so they all come out and they applaud him and all that shit. Hey, yeah, man, somebody finally does something, right? Right. Well, that was, he sent a message, and as you were saying, you know, here it is. You know, now they know. 
don't mess with this guy. And it'll last about two, three years, and then they'll forget, and somebody else will try to rob him, you know? Yeah. But that's the way it is with these yeah. people. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think most of the white people that I talk to, to be honest, can look at niggers in Detroit and look at my blog and say, God damn, you know, there's something that's just not right. Like, this kind of shit doesn't happen in my community. There's some difference between... You know the average nigger, no. and and I don't know, man. Just percentages. No, it's a critical mass. Oh, I work with a black man, and he's a good person. Well, yeah, because he's at your work now. Well, that's that's what I'm, the point I'm trying to make. The news that they'll go off and shoot the employer. You know, they'll go off. Yeah, and yeah. Well, I mean, that, most that's idiot what whites don't understand. They got to go down to this. Like I come from Philadelphia. I was born in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is just like Detroit. It's all, you know, the negros have come in, they've destroyed the city completely. Well, let me tell uh, you, this is this is what it's like, and this is how social, and this is how um, one should think about the social, and that is that you can't, and this is expressed oftentimes on, on Goyfire, and I appreciate this, but, you know, like I have, I'm, I'm sure everyone could name at least one black person who's bright, intelligent, motivated, not criminally or less than criminally inclined, and uh, Brian Gumble. R- right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, and, and my I, point is, is that, that it's over the course of the entire population. You know, it's like well, it's like yeah, the, the exception the, doesn't prove the rule. I mean, just because this one right. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you look. It's the fi- the problem here is the filthy fucking lying Jew who ta- who puts the uh, puts Bryant Gumble on TV as the average nigger. Right, and, the, and the, it's not the white person's fault who's sitting in their ninety-eight percent white community going, "Oh, well, hey, that, that like he, us. what the fuck, man? He looks pretty good to me. I wouldn't have a problem living next door to him." That's the problem. It's not right. that the white people can't differentiate between niggers yeah. and themselves. It's that they don't, they they, they can't because they're not given an, a, a, a true. Uh, uh, Insight into what niggers are and how they act. I mean, I would say the majority of the white people in this country live in all white cities and country or uh, communities More simply or less. because yeah. simply because they well, that, that, that's nigger my infested. job, and that's yeah. our job. Yeah, our job exactly. is to sit there and tell these people, no, 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 they're black and they're monkeys, and how that to be treated like that. Well, the point so we have to constantly, right. you know, and, and it's tough because you know you get situations where you party. And uh, you're with a bunch of adults, and they all have this slanted idea about them. You gotta speak up, and you're gonna be you're gonna be an island in the middle of the ocean by yourself. Well, you don't. I don't. I mean, I I, I don't make it a point to criticize blacks any more than I make it a point to criticize a a, a rabid dog for its behavior. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not. It's not that you know. It's it's not even exactly. really their fault. I mean, you can, it's not a moral failing per se that a rabid dog bites someone. It's a it's a physiological condition, just like having small frontal lobes. And we know yeah, that but Africans have small frontal lobes. We know <laughs> that. You know what? We that, know that, and then it, it's impulse control. I mean, yeah, there's just, the, there are famous the stories, about, uh, case stories of people with with uh, that get damaged frontal lobes, and then they lose everything they've ever made because, or, or everything they've ever worked for in gambling or alcoholism because they can't control themselves anymore. Right. Well, these are the people we have running around, uh, you know, with these 
these low IQs and, and, and low impulse control and just that alone and there's a lot there's a lot other physiological that's going on but the low impulse control and just low IQ man I mean shit that could explain everything right there you don't need anything else other than that although there is yeah. more than that and, but, the, and the, the good thing about showing TNB and talking about it is that you have to chip away little by little at the psyche of someone who's been brainwashed right. for, for their entire lives to believe that niggers are this you know Brian Gumble uh, you know nigger and you know athlete who who's who's you know making millions of dollars and everybody loves or just you know your doctors and lawyers and the guy that's holding the clipboard that's not what niggers are and you got to and it's I think that's the best way to start chipping away to at least. You know, start breaking off little pieces of so- the psyche of someone who's been mind washed into that. And, uh, and you have to do it everywhere you go because if you don't, nobody will. Everybody's afraid, and and you can't be afraid because it's your family, it's your future, and you have to be like I have no problem with. It. I do it actually. I, I make a point to do it now because I, you know, you guys are white man from white man. You're from Detroit. You, you've documented the damage caused, and, and that was a beautiful city. A lot of nice Gorgeous. people there, and they're gone. And I'm from Philadelphia, and I loved my city. I really did. I was born, I was raised there, and I really, it was Philadelphia, if you don't, if you've never been there, when you walk in the city, especially where the niggers are, you could just see the architectural beauty yeah. of the city. And- Philadelphia is a city of brotherly love, right? Yeah, and right. it was at one time. And, and, and you know they didn't name it that when it was full of niggers. No, there was no. Yeah, there was a few niggers, but they were you know washing or you know what niggers are supposed to do. But what no. happened was after World War One or during World War One when they, they imported all these niggers up in the south, and they took the white people's jobs as the whitey was over there fighting the German brothers for the Jew. They. This is when the transformation happened. And a lot of people just thought that this was just a natural progression. They didn't realize that this was done intentionally. And that city went from, and you know, and I know people say it was always corrupt, but it wasn't corrupt in the sense that it was bad. It was corrupt in the sense that government was never going to infringe on the business rights of people. They were there to make money. And, and that's all that corruption was. People just said, well, screw the rules. We're progressing. And they did. City was blossoming, but the niggers came in after World War, during World War One, and when Whitey came back, there was a big fight over the jobs, and and the niggers stayed. And then World War Two came along, and they just flooded them in, and that was the end of it. And now you look at it, and it's a shithole, and everybody ran outside of it, and they all live out in the suburbs now, and they do all these elitists. That, that sit there and say, oh, the poor black person, they're being oppressed. No, they're not. They're, they, they ruined, they ruined our lives. They ruined the civilization. And I'm, I'm bitter about it. I really am. Because I don't live in the city anymore. I live uh, 40 miles outside. And the city. every white person should be bitter about and it. And they should, uh, that's right. Yeah, you uh, have to think about the opportunity loss that you have. I mean, mm-hmm. it, whether it's what I was talking about earlier about, uh, I had to go into a whole, another, um, I had to go into a whole other era of my life. You know, hey, I was comfortable being a tech worker. I liked my job. I had started my own business. Uh, I, I got offers from places. People liked my work. And, um, 
hey, I enjoyed it. I didn't ha- have to have a college degree or anything like that. And I was making good money. I was on the way, you know, of right. uh, of being able to support a family and all that other good stuff. But no, I had to take a complete uh, a complete ninety degree turn and go in a completely other direction and uh, go go to college and do all the stuff that I hadn't planned uh, or at that point wasn't planning on doing because they just pulled the opportunity out from under tech workers in general, not just myself. And you have to look at, you know, like, and, and you were saying, Jack, that you uh, had been basically run out of your home, been run out of the right. city. You live 40 miles out. Now, you, people should really kind of take inventory and uh, think about the opportunity costs that, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to fathom. You don't know what you don't know, you know, but you uh, you can kind of look back and, and see, you know, why did you go? What did you have to do? You know, was it was crime? I mean, it's just like people people don't verbalize these things. They say, oh, we moved here because of the schools. Uh-uh. No, you didn't. You well, moved you moved there because of the TNB situation yeah. was, you know, not. I there can tell you that all that was taken. See, I I was I got married. Um, I had uh, three kids. I I started a business in the city and was doing quite well until I ran into the nigger bureaucracy and some of the nigger uh, problems that in, in the city I actually did something stupid when I was in business I was doing so well I decided to do government work and that's when I got involved with doing work for the Philadelphia International Airport and I and I got burned for a lot of money and there's a whole bunch of nigger bureaucracy there you know so well, that was of one aspect second yeah. one Oh, sorry, my children, sorry. I couldn't send them, I had to send them to Catholic school because, couldn't send them to public school because they're full of niggers. And the niggers don't learn, they're just monkeys, they're just in there, like in being a, I'd be sending my kids basically to the monkey cage at the Philadelphia Zoo. So I couldn't do that. Then, one day, they, they just, the city redid one of the public um, playgrounds, and it was only about a week old. And I took my daughters over, and they were just they were just like six, seven years old, and I was going to let them play on the playground. And I, and I looked around, and I see, like, you know, uh, Donna sucks cock, and, and, and this one screws this one. And this this thing was only a week old, but it's written all over the place. And these were, this is a predominantly white neighborhood, but I said, you know what? The niggers are here. It's over. And I, I moved my family out, because that's, I didn't want my kids growing up in that environment. And what I lost was, like, living here in the suburbs, it's a nice place, don't get me wrong, but I have to drive everywhere, you know? There's no good restaurants. You know, I lost all my friendships because they still, some are in the city, and others had moved out, but they moved all over the place. So, yeah, my life was disrupted. Well, I think that the uh, destruction of our cities, which were built by our ancestors for us, is one of the most disgusting uh, side effects of diversity. Well, it's the main... I, I, I would say it's a side effect, but it's not. It's what they the way they designed it to happen. Um, and it demoralizes us, and it doesn't allow white people... It, it's taking white people's property from them. Um, right. My, my parents grew up in a city uh, where... They, you know, the rug was basically pulled out from under them, and they had to move. And I'd love to be able to grow up in the same neighborhood where my father grew up and had a nice, uh, you know, a childhood full of, you know, 
playful white kids running around and, and decent houses that are kept up with flowers and but no I have to live in this you know fake little you know suburbs and uh, it's it's a different environment and it's something that white people have lost yeah and you're right. going to college right Adam yeah, I'm in college well, now. Well, okay, so you're, you're going to have a little bit different experience than, than I am. I kind of misspoke, but but I, I kind yeah, I know what you're saying because my wife and I we're both uh, we're, she she has a she's coming up on a professional degree and I'm going to be working for mine, and we're both going to be PhDs here. And where where can you work but a city? Where can you use exactly. that kind of qualification except for? Yeah, you can go to a pharmaceutical. Well, right, but generally those are Be a around... a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> those, are, those are usually around population centers. Well, I mean, they're in, they're in disparate uh, fields. You know, she's in the sciences and... Uh, I'm in the liberal arts and economics, actually. But, uh, right. but yeah, I mean, where can we go? So, I mean, shoot, I added everything up and basically said well, we should live in another country because if we're, we're going to have to be in a city, and that was the calculation. And... And I, I still believe I was right about that. So, I mean, that's that's basically why we were talking about relocating. Say, I have one more caller I want to bring in, uh, but I want to take a quick break. We're coming up on the last segment, and we're going to finish this out. Uh, White Man's got another T&B story for us, and I have... Yeah, one more. Speaking about the destruction of cities, just one more, and the uh, ability of niggers to uh, control and run a city... Um, so I'll have that for you when we come back. All right, good deal. And we will be back in just a moment. Yeah, hello. My name's Suitcase Jefferson. Um, the Jew got it in for the Negro, too. So that's why I listen to VNN.com. I mean, I would if I had a computer.
We are back with the Friday night edition. All right, the Friday night edition of VNN's Free Talk Live. This is Dietrich. It's Friday, March the 9th, 2007. And let's see. I think uh, Yankee Jim was ready to uh, become an innocent bystander. Is uh, is is that right, or did you, did you want to hang up, hang in? I can hang. You know, if, if uh, I. I can hang in, and I can sit back and listen, or I'm having a good time. I yeah, just wanted to call. I, I just basically wanted to get that little Highland Park uh, story in there. And yeah, I think uh, the Highland Park spelunking, uh, that would probably, I mean, we could, I don't know. I, th- I think the whole idea is just grand. I, that's why I, I was kind of wanting to give Adam a camera and just let him go to town. I'd love to do it. The only thing I'm worried about is, like I said, you're kind of videotaping your own trespassing if you... If you did it, if somebody did that type of thing, make sure you post it somewhere where you, your IP is not going to go out on the internet. Yeah, all you have to do is post um, it anonymously to YouTube. Exactly. Much exactly. worse. They're going to block them for it. Yeah. Go on. It's abandoned. Yeah. They're not well, going to come after them. Well, I don't know about that, man. If you got if you got enough press, man, they'll they will. Uh, yeah, especially yeah, politically. Oh, oh, but, but you know what? The, the fact is that they, these places are abandoned. There's no ownership. Well, you, know, you got you to look at it like this way. If someone goes in there and gets shot or they get hurt in there and they sue for a million, you know, that somebody's going to be liable for it. So well, they're the owner. It's yeah, exactly. There's, there's somebody that owns it, whether it's the city or, you know, the bank or somebody. So, you know, I, I would – you are trespassing if you go into a bill. So, like I said, just be careful about it if you're going to do it. Uh, I'd like to do it. I'm not saying I'm going to, but Would you guys I may. like to hear a, a little PNB from me? I have a, a little story to tell you about sure, uh, my Okay, dad. sure, but somebody better answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, so who's I'm trying that? to cover it up, man. I'm trying to cover I'm not it here. up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the FBI. What do you want? Right. <laughs> the police station. Infamous phone. It's the Highland Park Police Station. They're calling. They don't want you to. Yeah, go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. You've we've got. Oh wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Actually, 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 hang on. We've got. Let's see. I've got to corral some folks. I'm sorry. I got to drop him. And uh, yeah, uh, Adam wants to go ahead and relay this one. He he just wanted to do this one more. Yeah. Yeah. Why would Jack? Right after me, you can do your TNB. While we're on the the topic. Of yeah, I mean, there's too much to cover in a in a three-hour show. But yeah. while we're on um, the destruction of our cities by niggers and their nigger politicians, which the nigger population votes into power, um, apparently Detroit just came out with their 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 latest budget, uh, the 2005-2006 fiscal year uh, budget, the I guess the uh, filing. And they are $163 million in the hole, which is $96 million worse than they projected. Um, Way came out with this, like, a uh, couple, I think a week ago or so, a couple days ago, actually. Um, Kwame, who's the mayor now, he did his uh, State of the City address, and he pr- he's promising more police officers, more uh, uh, cer- city services for certain areas, uh, more, uh, you know, more everything in the city. We need to grow. You know, that's what he's saying. We, the city needs to grow. How the fuck are you going to grow when you're six hundred and sixty-three million dollars in the hole? Um, that means you're, you're, you know, you're one hundred sixty-three million dollars in debt. Basically, that's how much you owe. Millions. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, millions. Mi- mi- millions, millions, and shit. But um, 
one of the the funny things about this story is uh, they're $96 million worse than they had projected, which means they're like, uh, what, 70-something million in the hole, which they project, which they projected. And so now the mayor, to pay for all his uh, promises of more officers and more uh, services, he wants to issue uh, uh, millions of dollars in city bonds. Oh, my God. How the fuck are you going to issue bonds when you're $163 million in debt? Yes. You don't issue bonds when you're in debt. Who's going to buy them? Who the fuck is buying Detroit city bonds? Guilty whites. I don't know. Would you trust the, would you trust the city of Detroit to pay you money back Good with Lord. interest? And you're talking, about, you're talking about Kwame, aren't you? Or is that his yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Kwame. Crypto bonds. Fucking bonds, Both man. You're I mean, this is a guy who goes around. He brings his posse everywhere with him, just like his mentor. I was—I learned that on Wednesday night. You were talking about the previous mayor, yeah. and he brings his posse around with him, just like his mentor. And he's got this. Doesn't he? Have, isn't he the the one with the bulletproof uh, suburban or whatever? I don't know if he does, but I know I know Coleman Young drove around in a big baby blue limousine. Limousine. Posse. Limousine. limousine. Did it have yeah. hydraulics? I don't give a <laughs> damn. Then, but, uh, I don't give a damn. <laughs> Mind you, dictators in Africa. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. It's like that, oh, uh, who's the guy that did the, um, hey, who's that guy Chain got in trouble with a cop, with a Secret Service agent for carrying around his, uh, you know that cartoonist? Art Crumb. Art Crumb. Yeah, thanks, white man. Yeah, Art Crumb. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The Art Crumb comic with the... Art Crumb. Art Crumb. Art Crumb, right. sorry. With yeah, yeah. The, the black cop, the, the black... Yeah, Comic. yeah, and it's got the skulls on his little chair. And, and it's, it's like not funny. Skulls of powerful enemies. <laughs> Everything's diagrammed. <laughs> Your daughter. Bullshit, and he doesn't, it makes no sense at all half the time. No, it's hey, hysterical, though, but that's hey, exactly Adam? what Kwame reminds me of. Adam? Yeah. You, you'll get a kick out of this because the guy they're talking about right now, if I'm not mistaken, and you can actually look this up, R. Crumb... We used to buy his comics when we were kids at Northland at an underground, like, hippie, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, head shop. But he, uh, head shop. Uh, uh, Motors, Motor City Comics, if I'm not mistaken. That would be comics with an X. Uh, that was just one of many uh, of those type comics uh, that uh, R. Crumb was uh, responsible yeah. for. I never even knew the guy was such a racist back then. But I guess all you got to do is live with niggers. Live in Detroit, it'll help. Yeah. But uh, that's I don't the last think... story of the night. So uh... yeah. well, here I want to. Uh, if I'm going to interrupt, I don't know if I'm interrupting here, but I wanted right. to get something in for you to hear uh, about uh, this thing you were talking about earlier—the gang raping. You mentioned uh, Masonic out in Fraser. Which is kind of funny because the first like real girlfriend I ever had back in like in '69 or '70, she lived. Uh, you know where Shaner is? Yeah, Shaner and Sh uh, and Masonic. And if I remember, thir if I remember right, Masonic is 13 and a half mile road. Am I? Does that sound about right? Uh, I think that's 13 and a half mile road. But that if you continue on Masonic, you go. My girlfriend lived in Sterling Heights. You continue on, you are in Fraser, which is where, and that's about as white as you can get in the Detroit area. I'm sure it's still that way uh, because that's where most of the white flighters went when they fled Detroit in the late 60s after the niggers burned, you know, burned down Detroit. 
They took the girl, I think you said they took the girl and gang raped her at a house near Seven Mile and Evergreen. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's where I took my driver's ed, and more than likely to this day, there, there, there was a, a YMCA at the corner of Seven Mile and Evergreen, and it's probably still there. And uh, that was Seven that area yeah, was it is. that area was so white uh, back then that I mean niggers were it was unheard of for niggers to be that far out. And I guess according to what you're saying now, I guess it's just it's like a cancer that spread all the way out past probably past there. Oh, yeah, well, the yeah. TNB, our cup runneth over with TNB, yeah. and that's all well, thanks to you, Adam. And, and uh, I really enjoyed your show. Did you? Did anyone else hear the show on Wednesday? I caught the tail end of it. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it's in archive already, isn't it? Yeah. No, nah, not yet. You know, I've, I've I've been working out of town, so I haven't been able to keep up with the uh, BNN. But um, yeah, check it out on archive. It was definitely worth it. Alex got more wound up than I've actually ever heard him. If yeah, he really, was more yeah, wound see, up than yeah. I have to have to look at that. Fucking yeah, awesome! Was, I've been waiting for him to go off on that Chen and Christian thing. I mean, he has a few times, but. Not like that. Yeah, yeah. And it, That's it, good to vent like that. It That's deserves good. Yeah. that. It deserves yeah. it because it's the, the thing is, is that it's it really is like we're being plowed under. They don't want us to know about it. I mean, it's sinister as fuck. I mean, you have to you have to analogize it to catch how sinister it actually is. I mean, they're trying to they're trying to numb our senses like like a doctor would numb if he's going to perform surgery on you. Except this is yeah. this is malicious surgery. They're Same trying exact. to numb us so that we don't understand what's going on, and so that we can't have normal, uh, a normal human reaction to it. And, 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 they they, did. and then they want us to throw us in jail when the Novocaine doesn't work. Yeah, they but, did the exact same thing you know, uh, during the Wichita massacre. Yeah, yeah. But same yeah, thing. Yeah, the Wichita buried. massacre, right? What that? Oh, the Wichita no, that happened. That was like '98 or something. Like yeah. so what, was the, what was the one? Oh, I'm sorry. I think of the Oklahoma. Where they where they went into this town supposedly killed all these niggers. Zebra uh, killings, you mean? Zebra no, 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 killings. No, it was supposedly that we, they massacred these blacks. I think oh. it was Oklahoma. That's what I'm thinking. No, they didn't massacre them. They just hung them. They just strung them up. That's called yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the way they portray it is the whites are these. Uh, no, you know? they just took care of business before the niggers, you know, acted like niggers. Right. Right. I, I think I vaguely know what you're talking about. I yeah, I, I, that's what when, I, when you said that. That's what I was thinking. I, I, I work um, out of town now, and uh, you know, I, I go through this tunnel on uh, on the turnpike, the Pennsylvania Turnpike. I don't know if you guys have ever come down Squirrel uh, Hill. Uh, what's that one? Squirrel Hill. No, it's uh, it's up by Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. It's north, uh, it's on uh, it's the... What right, they call uh, 209 or 33, I know the one you're talking about. Right, and, and, uh, and I'm driving through that, and, and you know, it's, uh, I haven't been uh, following VNN because I've been working out of town, but I'm driving through this thing, and, and they carve this tunnel, and it's got to be about a half a mile deep, you know, to the other side, under this mountain. And and, and I'm thinking about how they ex- how they express to us white people that that blacks are equal and we have to accept them and we're pressing them and the only reason we don't they haven't achieved anything is because of us and we're the bad guy and I'm thinking to myself what nigger could possibly even conceive of, of going through this mountain it's not possible it's not feasible these fuckers couldn't they couldn't even imagine digging a hole 
in, in, in fact, if, if, if the niggers were on oh, that... Oh, believe me. Check out some of the latest goy fires. They dig holes quite well. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you, you look at the way we as white people are being called that but, we've uh, done all this bad to these monkeys, and and it's, it's we need to, like Alex does, betray the truth right in their face. You're fucking stupid. Sorry, I didn't make you. You are fucking stupid. We can't change you. We didn't do it. It's not our fault. And we don't give a fuck. And that's how we have to be. Because if we're not that way, it, it, it will go insane. Yeah. Those, the way they do things. Yeah, and DetroitIsCrap.blogspot.com. That's the, that's the blog. That's and Adam has to scoot here in a second. But, uh, but I wanted to tell him I appreciate him for uh, joining us on Wednesday nights. And uh, I, I definitely wanted to uh, 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 plug him as much as possible and plug his show. Um, and it's definitely worth listening to. He he adds his own twist uh, to VNN broadcasting, and I'm I'm proud to have him as as a part of the little group. So I'm. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He, he's uh, all you guys are great. Uh, by the yes. way, yeah, yeah, you all do. I've got to do what you're doing, Deej. Yeah. Uh, Every Friday no, night, I just, good job. Yeah, I just—it's never bothered me to get up in front of people, however good or bad I ever was. I just—I don't know—it's just like talking to one person, so it just happens to not bother me. So it's my little piece of activism from from me to you, and I—I—I—I I, 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 I do my best, and it gets a. I guess it gets a little better every week or so. People are telling me that, so. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm proud of that. I'm I'm proud that I woke up. God damn, I'm proud that I woke up. Hey, I have mean, you? Uh, but uh, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, but yeah, we're, Adam's gonna uh, log off here, and we're gonna bring somebody else on. And uh, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to give him a proper au revoir and uh, let him know that he was appreciated, and uh, and definitely uh, look forward to his show on next Wednesday night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Is that when you're still going on, White Man? He's dropped. Oh, he has. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, he, yeah. Okay. He said he would just drop and say goodnight to him after he was. Yeah, yeah. It's like herding cats. But uh, if if you didn't drop on purpose, then uh, you can call back in. But right now, I'm going to bring someone else on. I'm going to make sure. I'm not going to say his name yet because maybe he doesn't want his name said. But I'm sorry, Jack. You go ahead. You were you had you were like almost right in the middle of something when I interrupted you. Well. I'll tell you a little TMB story. Um, as I said, I, I owned a, my own business, and and, and uh, because I didn't get paid, I had to close it up. But uh, I'm an entrepreneur, and uh, I, I got a little soft-hearted about a year ago. I was introduced to a gentleman. It was a uh, a gentleman of the uh, big-lipped, pubic-haired-head uh, persuasion with the uh, consistent tan. And uh, I, I decided that... Uh, he had talked to me about opening a business where uh, it would be minority, and uh, in the city of Philadelphia, they guarantee certain contracts for minority contractors. And he had asked me to to, to, to go ahead and, and start this business for him, and, and he was going to uh, he be the minority head. And, and there was another gentleman involved who was politically connected in the city, and, and he was going to... Uh, Help with the connections and getting the contracts. And my my part of the business was to, to to start the company, get it running, and 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 make sure the contracts were done. And and this particular minority gentleman said to me that he he said the biggest thing he said is that we're gonna we're gonna be a reputable company. 
and uh, I, I bought it. You know, I thought he was he was ahead of a an organization with the city that was uh, somewhat like a police organization. I won't say no, no, the hell it. I'll say it. He was the head of Town Watch in the city of Philadelphia, and uh, I thought, well, he must be reputable. And so uh, I went ahead and did it. Now I, I I started the business, got it all up and running. Actually went out and got a couple contracts, and we were waiting for him to get his minority certification. But and he didn't get his minority certification, so uh, we started questioning him. And you know, he gave me a bunch of shit about, uh, you know, well, it's it's in the works, it's being worked on. And uh, you know, we said, okay, okay. Well, hey, Colton, can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? You, you you actually you were believing a nigger here? Is, is yeah. Well, oh, uh, okay. I, I told right, you so I had a pay. soft moment. You, I'm a <laughs> listen. I'm a Catholic, and I've been around people, and I've been hearing you know they're not all bad, all that shit. And I took a shot. Now I had them working for me. I had niggers working for me before, and I and I could tell that you know they're they're not all that great. But what the hell? It, it really wasn't. It was an opportunity. And if this nigger was half of what he said, I would have made some decent money. Well, anyway, it turns out that this particular gentleman was an employee of the city of Philadelphia, which you cannot get minority status if you're an employee. It would be a conflict of interest. He, in fact, never even applied to get that minority status. And here I had already got the company up and running, and... Uh, had we had about twenty employees, and we had a million dollars in contracts. So I finally said to the gentleman, said, "If you don't get the minority status, uh, I think you should, you know, take a leave of absence." Well, he and the other and this other gentleman, I, I won't go into a lot of details, but they they decided that they didn't need me any longer, and they were going to railroad me out. So that was what they did. And the reason why they could do it is because I, being in business, have learned one thing. You don't put your name on anything that you can be liable for in the future, like uh, taxes and, and things of that nature. So I didn't put my name on a whole lot of things. And um, what happened was, to make a long story short, was they, uh, they initially told all the customers that I was no longer with the company. And uh, they would now assume the responsibilities. But what I did was I did some maneuvering and held up their payments from the contracts that we had, which in turn allowed them to miss their uh, payments to Uncle Sam. And I don't know, you guys familiar with uh, the tax situation, the income taxes, uh, 941s and stuff like that? No, but it sounds very, very fascinating. Well, you ready for this? All right, it, here's how it works. <laughs> if you own a company and your name, you sign paychecks, and uh, you withhold money from your employees, and you don't pay Uncle Sam, you're liable for that money. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, and no lawyer or a bankruptcy court will protect you. You're personally liable for that money. Well, my name wasn't on anything, and I held up the payments to the company so therefore, Uncle Sam didn't get his cut. So these, this particular gentleman, uh, minority man who thought he was uh, a slick businessman, 
he is now liable for close to about $85,000 in, in, in withholding taxes that he'll never be able to pay. Well, he's a businessman, though. He can handle he's it, a though. a businessman. That's yeah. <laughs> right. And I heard, well, hey, uh, hey, who hey, was hey. it? Was it Alex? One of you guys said that one time, and I brief thought it happened because this was going on at the time. He said, yeah, they put a suit on, and all of a sudden, they're a businessman. Yeah, they put it, or they hold, they, hand, they hold a briefcase, and they're a businessman. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly what this, and I was laughing the whole time, because what had happened was I, I got my money back out of the company. I didn't care. But I, this month, he sat there and he, you know, he, he was going to, he's the honorable guy and he's head of this and he knows the mayor and all this weird shit. And what he did was he sat there and he never even applied to stinking nigger and I got his ass because I did in construction, if, if, if you do anything, if you some snicker, he's not going to pay you. Right. That's just the way it's the nature of that business. Yeah, this well, Nafuso's minority hey, hey, hey. hiring. Hey, we have huh? one extra caller on tonight. We have Mark that's called in. How are you doing? Are you uh, are you still with us, Mark? No, I'm here. I'm here. I was just listening, man. And, and I mean, the moral of the story that I heard there is that, that you don't do business with niggers. But that's you know, right. You don't get involved with niggers. I mean, it, that was kind of a long story, but it's like as soon as you said. This black gentleman, I was like, uh, black gentleman, that's an oxymoron, man. Fuck that guy. You know, it's like, uh, I was actually listening to you guys. I've been listening to you guys for a while, and since we're on the topic of blacks, I mean, I live in L.A. I mean, this is Mark and Cali, so people know me. And it's funny because for a pride white guy and I were on the phone for probably over an hour just bullshitting about stuff. and, And this really brings home... Uh, kind of a situation. This is this is back 15 years ago, where I was in. Uh, I was working for a Sprint right before they became. Right after they, be, it was U.S. Sprint to Sprint, and they and they were a diverse. And I'm using the fucking uh, Nichard, Richard Nixon shit, where you like do the V thumb things or finger things. Uh, diverse company. And I remember this is exactly what these fucking niggers are, man. They would you could you could dress them up. Make them look proper, like they were on a TV show. I, and I remember going out one night. This is like an after-hours thing. Uh, these two guys were both married. I thought they were really good guys, everything like that. As soon as we went out, had dinner, they're like trying to uh, hook up with white girls. Any anything that had a vagina, they were trying to get with it. And right then and there, I was like, "That's a fucking nigger. That's a monkey." This guy was that- the same way, Mark. He was the same way. We were at a function, and I could spot it a mile away. He started the same shit. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't. But here's the thing: I didn't like going to business with that fucker, man. <laughs> well, see, I wasn't really looking at him as, as somebody I look up to. He was just somebody I was going to use to make some money, try to recoup it from when I did business in there before. So that's yeah, why I didn't sign up. That's what religion will do. But to they you, are the though. same. Religion will give you those weak moments, though. Uh, you know, I'm Catholic, I'm a, the same thing. I was listening to these horse shit with these motherfuckers. They, they were all no good. So are you still and Catholic? Guy, but he was, the, he was the head of Town Watch. So are you still which, Catholic, or are you... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still involved with them, but it's basically I go around preaching, you know, the, the gospel of, of uh, truth. Right. Which is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a racist, and so I'm. So you're a good Catholic. Catholic. You're a good Catholic, like uh, this. Yeah, I'm a good Catholic. Like this. I mark. was brought up that way. We were brought up, you know, to hate blacks. 
Well, real Christians, real Christians are uh, anti-Semitic. I mean, Christianity yeah. is supposed to be anti-Semitic. I mean, it has some weak points in it that, uh, you know, what Christianity's become. I mean, you have to judge things on, on, on. You have to judge things as to what they are, what they do now. I mean, yeah, Christianity's supposed to be anti-Semitic, but as expressed now, it isn't. And I, I would love to see Christians rest their religion back from... I mean, hell, I'd love to see Christians do a lot of things. I, I'd love to see Christians... Uh, I, it would be so nice for to see Christians bomb that place where uh, Piss Christ was uh, paid for by the taxpayers, and just to see uh, them act like Muslims, you know? I mean, it would be so nice to see on YouTube or LiveLeak or one of these video sites the the Jewish artist of one of these things in front of four Catholics with uh, with machetes. With a and the with the guy kneeling in front of him in an orange jumpsuit, that would just be so neat. I mean, just I wish Christians would grow some fucking testicles and start, you know, take a cue from the Muslims. Nobody fucks with them. Well, we that's what you have to do, that and that's my message to everyone out there. This yeah. thing, this thing we call qua, this thing it responds to violence. It 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 uh, pays off violence. It it doesn't want to deal. With it. It's too corrupt to deal with it. It can't withstand it. It's too brittle. Um, and it's not nimble enough to deal with such things. It's not robust enough anymore. It, uh, it responds to violence, and by responds, I mean it kowtows to violence. Look what happened with the blacks in the 60s. It was ready to write them a check for the whole country just because they had a few hundred thousand of them out in the streets. It's the same thing with the Mexicans. These people give in. They're afraid. Push. Push harder. Keep hammering. Hey, That's hey, what we hey, do. Hey, you, you guys don't... You guys are too young to remember... Uh, it's in Philadelphia. We had a mayor. His name was Frank Rizzo. And there's a picture of him. Frank Rizzo. <laughs> going out to meet the riots. 400 square feet of ceramic tiles. Huh? Half of them are broken. Half of these fucking things are broken. Frank Rizzo. Frank. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. You <laughs> got a picture of him going out from an affair. He had a tuxedo one. He had a, he had a nightstick in his lapel going after these. That that was the mentality. Philadelphia was a very Catholic city at the time, and they didn't take a whole lot of shit. Yeah, well, Philadelphia Philadelphia used to be like the clan city of the fucking country, man. And, yeah. and look at it now. I've been to Philadelphia, man. I was in Philadelphia uh, two years ago, man, and we got off on the wrong track. And I swear to God, I was going to kill a nigger or get killed by a nigger. Thank God we had gas in the car. You know, well, fuck, fuck Philadelphia, around. dude. You know, it's funny, two years, uh, last year, you guys remember, uh, they had a 4th of, they have a 4th of July celebration there. And, and what they had was they had Elton John come in to do a concert on the 4th of July. <laughs> you had Elton John come to Philadelphia? He needed to fucking John. kill him? He needed the money. Oh. No, no, that's a, no, no, I want you to think about this. Imagine George Washington coming back for the 4th of July for one day, and it was that day, and you had, Elton John having a concert at the Parkway. Now, Elton John didn't come to have a concert for, for the 4th of July. He, his concert was to get money to benefit his, his private charity, which is AIDS. Did he, shoot any, did he shoot any fireworks out of his fucking ass? They, let me tell you something. I, 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 I was gone. I mean, I haven't been in the city for about 10 years, so, but I, God I read bless this, you. And I was in shock. This, they have this, this, this Elton John, they're doing this concert. Imagine George Washington coming back and seeing and seeing this. this large 
IREM comes booster. back to the city, he sees the center city. Wow, look at the size. Look at all the shit you've done. Beautiful skyscrapers. It's, 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 the city has grown. It smells a lot better than it did when I was here. And, and, uh, and he goes up to the parkway and he sees the concert and he says to somebody, he says, well, what's going on? He says, well, we're celebrating the 4th of July and we have a concert. Oh, that's beautiful. We fought for this independence. Yeah. Who, who's, who's performing? Well, Sir Elton John. Who? <laughs> Sir Elton John. Sir Elton John. <laughs> Sir, is he a knight? Well, yeah. How could you have a knight performing? Well, you know, we stopped performing because he's a knight of England. That's all that war's over. He's, he's, he's performing because he's got a charity. Oh, a charity. Yes, it's AIDS. But wait a minute. He's giving AIDS to somebody? No, 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 no. AIDS is a disease. Oh, a disease. Yeah, he's, he's, he's getting a cure. He wants a cure. Well, what kind of disease? I've never heard of that. Well, it's when two guys fuck each other in the ass. They get this disease. What? Buggery. Yeah, yeah. And, Buggery, and sir. To, Buggery. Yeah, he wants to see, wants to see, wants to save the, the, the guys from fucking each other in the ass and getting this disease. And Washington turns says, Jesus Christ. Where the hell is your elected representative? Yeah, right. Come on, here. He's right over there. Where? Over there. I don't see anybody but a slave. That's him. You imagine that? Who is that? Is it Edgar Still? Edgar Still, I believe, is the one who says that, that if our founders were, if if any of them came back today, they would get a convertible and a bazooka and head for Washington D.C. Nah, they would go back to England to take it back. We fought. We're sorry. We fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. They'd be doing radio. They'd be doing radio shows on VNN also. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Yankee Jim. Because, and I was thinking about that since we talked about that last week, and how how that we profess that um, the lineage of the founders runs through us, and indeed it does. And I was, and all my thinking about that has only uh, has only gone to shore uh, that notion up for me. I mean, we have we really have little, if any, criticism of all. At all of the basic notions of the founders, whereas even conservatives or even Pat Buchanan will say, "Well, they didn't fully realize the dream of equality of all, oh, yada yada." Uh, he will, uh, we, you know, we agree with pretty much everything that every one of their notions. We we haven't. Uh, uh, those we haven't corny old white men. The, yeah, those corny old white men. Yeah, we're corny old white men just like that. We just happen to, yeah. you know, own businesses. And Don't you find that offensive when people say that, though? That they sit there and say, well, they they didn't fully understand equality. Yeah, they understood a lot better than we did. They understood a lot better than we do. Our, our ancestors, when they talk about anti-Semitism, your, your, our ancestors were anti-Semitic. Like, what, what, what? They fucking fell out of a tree? They didn't understand why they were anti-Semitic. They knew why they were anti-Semitic. Jews were obnoxious human beings. Niggers were lowlifes. Indians. Hey, 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 hold on. Hold on. Let's not even talk about spiritual people. They were savages. But the fucking people didn't. Our ancestors didn't look at them and say, "We're wearing fucking bearskins." They're fucking savages. They stink. They don't have baths. They can't speak. They don't have a written language. They have no civilization. What, what are our answers? They're all assholes now. Well, yeah, even Mark it, Twain, who, who came along a uh, while after, you know, was uh, he, had, he had some really funny things to say about uh, Native Americans, and I'll, I'll post a link to that in the forum. You wanted to say something, Mark? No, I was just thinking, it, let's not talk about our ancestors. My God, it, we're talking, let, let's look back less than 100 years ago, man. You got... 
you got uh, Charles Lindbergh, you've got e, the the Jew, what was his name, uh, Friedman, I mean, uh, Henry Ford, all talked about, uh, first off, the Zionists and the Jew, and then, Jesus Christ, up until about, what, 50 years ago? We were still lynching niggers like it was a fucking hobby because, you know, what they did was try and rape people and rob people for sport, which is what they're doing now, but they're getting away with it. Yeah. So Mark, we, we, the press tells us that that's not true. That we, well, no, that no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Angry you, white people. Like they're you, assholes. We're all assholes. Well, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't even have a discussion about saying the press. The press is fucking Jew media. To, 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 yeah, and I know you know that. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to, to, to be demeaning and, and or being uh, aggressive, but uh, you can't have a conversation and say that the fucking press is pushing it this way. It's fucking the Jew media. There's a difference between the press or what the press should be and what we think it should be in reality and being fair and unbalanced, unlike what the kikes fucking throw at us. There's a totally different fucking scenario there. You know, and... and it, and it and it disgusts me and it pisses me off from fucking high hell. And well, you and I, as citizens, and everybody listening tonight, have to be adamant when when we when we hear this horse shit, and we have to be and we have to do it publicly. We have to do it in front of our friends, our business associates, and we have to make a stand and say no, it's not right. And and it's the only way it's going to change. And you have to do it. And the Jew will cower when you do that. Like, I love it when Alex goes off on these. He tells the truth so clearly that any nitwit could, would see it. And that's how we all have to be. We have to you're, think a, you're absolutely clearly. right. Yeah, it's true. We have to, I mean, yeah, you talk about the press, and, and that's something I love to hammer on, the media and the social climate. And I mean, you look around, or you, you do some reading about the history of media and all this stuff, and it's the founders, speaking of the founders, they really thought it was an integral part. I mean, they understood, at least implicitly, that the media informs us about... The, the media is our sight, touch, smell, hearing. It, it's our five senses for everything that happens outside of this little... It's called... or The, the British law calls it curtilage. And I like that word because it's... It's your curtailage. It's what you, uh, it's like in your house, right? If you take your dogs for a walk, that path is your curtilage. When you go to, uh, you know, you go to work, the road you drive and your path to work, that's your curtilage. And outside of, and when you actually think about how much, uh, you actually know about the world through your own five senses, it's rather limited. Most things you know come through television or some type of media, such as books. Uh, magazines, you open up the is filtered through some hook nose yid. I mean, it's yeah. it's dangerous. It's dangerous for us. It's not good for whites. You have to re-render the entire world. It's 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 kind of like that. Uh, who's as weird? Al Yankovic has that song. Everything you know is wrong. Well, yeah, everything you know pretty much is wrong. Everything you know has been rendered through some Jew, and it's not, and like I was saying earlier, it's all he's trying to do is keep you asleep long enough to get the noose around your neck. Hey, Dietrich. Okay. Yeah. You guys hit it, uh, I think it was on your show, uh, uh, I can't remember, it may have been your show when Alex was on it. Somebody hit it right on the head. They said uh, 50 years ago in Lebanon, Tennessee, when a girl... A white girl was gang raped and, and killed like Shannon Christian. Well, now you see pictures of helium-filled balloons hanging on the mailboxes. Yeah. Whereas 50, 60 years ago, you would have seen a picture on the front page 
age of, of Latalvis, uh, Cobbins, and those four other niggers, and the girl that was feeding them, they would have all been hanging from nooses. Uh, right, you know. with their hands tied behind their backs. That's the power of the media. Yeah. But, you know, you go, you go outside to your own area and, and just listen to the radio broadcast or the TV broadcast. It's all the same. There's no difference between any any city or any county. These these broadcasts are the same, as you were saying. It's all controlled by the Jew. And they knew it's this. They had terrorized. this stuff. They had this stuff nailed down tight sixty years ago. Right. And that's that's what's uh, it can be depressing at times to understand like Bernays and how these guys had media hammered down. And you want to know why Jews own the media? I mean, well, it's been said, but it's because they have to. <laughs> they have to yeah, own the media. God forbid if the truth ever got out. God forbid. That's why they're so goddamn paranoid of everyone. That's why they hated Ted Turner so much. That's why yeah. they knew they had to destroy Ted Turner and take, uh, you know, because his network was the only one owned by a single person before he uh, sold out to AOL Time Warner. Right. And, uh,. He he was the only person that could make an editorial decision and say, you know what, we're going to hammer on TNN and or TBS or whatever. We're going to hammer on the Jew from now on. He's the only person that that could have made a decision like that. Yeah, but you know, not like he gotta, was going we, to. But goddamn, I mean, they had to buy him out. They have to suck up every little piece. They can't they can't let one little shaft of light come through because. It'll it it'll blow the whole thing. You can't have a completely dark room if one shaft of light comes through. And I th- I think that's what we're trying to do here at VNN is that we're trying to just, we're trying to hammer and let that come through as much as possible because it doesn't take much. People yeah. people gravitate towards reality. I mean people people sense there's something about it. I mean I I think that's why people after all these years are fascinated by Hitler even if they don't like him quote unquote or what. Uh, even if they they still think the Holocaust actually happened and stuff like that, they, they still have a gravitation towards the ideals of Hitler or National Socialism, even if they don't fully comprehend it. There's still this attraction. It's almost like there's there's a this attraction to anti-Semitism. It's like what's up with that? Like why does it keep happening? And you know you're being lied to, or at least I, I'm just relating my experience. You know, even when I was a neocon, I knew there was something happening. I wasn't hearing about. And uh, but all. All that money and all that creativity and writing and all these TV shows, you know, uh, pr- uh, promoting the niggers and the Jews as great people, can't add up to a single VNN broadcast where a guy like Yankee Jim gets on and says, I'm from the Jew-infested Caskill <laughs> Mountains. That's so true and it's so enlightened. It just ends everything. You know, you just Everybody knows yeah. that. Everybody knows they've always been infested with Jews. That's and let me right. tell you something. Well, the these, started, right? these old German and these old Irish farmers up here, and there's still a few of them around, uh, they, they really despise the Jew and what the Jew's done to their area. Yeah, we all back. do. And, it's, and when the truth gets out, there, w- there will be a lot of... Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm an idealist. I tend to think that... That that we're only waiting for the correct set of ideas, and we're only we're only waiting for that for the the correct, uh, not not really the organizing principle, but the correct uh, s- the correct situation. I don't know. We it's kind of like a perfect storm that's bound to happen. Well, uh, the melting pot is definitely boiling over. Yeah, yeah. I see. I see it as an inevitable, and 
it, there was a fairly good article written, and I'll post it in the uh, thread. But uh, at the end of last year, there was a fairly good article written by a mainstream columnist who was saying, "Hey, you don't want you don't want whites to start acting like a group uh, too late because they're going to. You know, we've got forty, we've got uh, you know, we got these Latina Latino uh, caucuses in the Congress. We've got black caucuses. We've got these Jewish caucuses. Well, as whites become fifty percent and less than." You can't help but the fact that they're going to start thinking politically as whites. That is inevitable, and uh, it, it is inevitable. I agree with that uh, analysis, and I, I, I would hate to have to argue the other point, that it isn't inevitable. I'd like to hear the argument, but as of yet, I haven't heard one that holds water. It is inevitable that whites start thinking politically as whites, and as soon as that even barely starts to happen, it's over. It's over. As soon as you start actually thinking as a white person, this whole country looks like a death trap. It looks like a fucking flaming uh, pento it, it, that needs to be escaped from. I mean, it, or at least it did for me. I mean, again, I'm rendering my own experiences to you, but uh, it, it really did. Ameriqua seemed like a death trap once I understood uh, what was going on. Well, they, they, and it is. million white people in this country. It's a lot. And at some point, something's going to happen. And they're going to just turn. And they're going to say, enough's enough. And it's not going to be any... It might be a catastrophe. I don't know. Maybe... I don't think the Jew... The Jew's doing everything they can do to avoid an economical disaster. Because they know if that happens, that's the end of that. Or at least an abrupt one. They're trying to They're trying to give us a soft landing right now that they've been relatively successful at pulling off, in my opinion. I'm not a... I'm not really good with uh, uh, the macro-type economics as far as the United States goes, but I know our economic history, and uh, I know that internationally uh, the, the system is very fragile right now, and it's very uh, it's very brittle right now. One thing could send shockwaves through the whole... Well, I mean, like we saw over the past uh, 7 to 10 days, we saw a huge sell-off, and then uh, there didn't seem to be a floor on it, and... and People were fueled by a fueled by a, uh, a glitch. That's what they say. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, guys. There was no fucking glitch. If you the way you control the goddamn stock market, if there's going to be a fucking collapse, if you're worried that there's going to be a collapse, everything's done by computers. Yeah, you the fucking computers shut, shut the computers off. off. Yeah, yeah, you shut them off. If nobody can sell, there's no fucking crash. Yeah, simple. You know, I, I mean, and that's how it is. It's I the mean, same thing that happened in 1987 or so. That the they said it was a computer glitch, <laughs> but then you start reading about it, and all the computer glitch was was the computer doing what it was supposed to do, and that's locked down when too much was sold off too quickly. Right. It, well, exactly. the, little, the little bit that I uh, understand, uh, the one you're talking about just recently in the last ten days or so, something it was just too much data flowing, and it just. I created a, a like a half an hour uh, backlog, and I guess what the traders saw on the market was was an immediate 200 point drop, which caused a, a selling frenzy, uh, which made it actually a lot worse than it is. Oh, and that I was see. just because they saw. I guess it was just a you know the market was go uh, the Dow was plummeting slowly, at least, not slowly. It was going down gradually, but. The, the 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 glitch that we were told about uh, it was actually like a, a lag time of about a half an hour and when it came back it showed a 200 po- point drop immediately which you know fueled the sell off 
Uh, I yeah, think that if I'm not mistaken, more, that sounds a I lot think, more plausible. Yeah, well, no, that that's what I read, and yeah. I forget where I read it. But the bottom line is, the Dow went down 500 points in a day. I think that was the oh. biggest sell-off in, since since Dr. Pierce's birthday back in 2001. Yeah, which well, is you know, well. It, well, Jim, here's what I saw. I was watching. I was because I do a little bit of commodity training and shit like that. So I was watching this, and once it started going down, I turned on CNN, and I swear to I swear to God, God damn it! Sorry about the fucking phone. Probably another telemarketer calling. I'll try and cover this up. But um, one thing I noticed immediately was they interviewed. Uh, one of the traders, and the trader actually sat there, and he had a shitload of uh, invoices in his hands, like trading documents in his hands. And he said, I can't get to my computer. It's locked up to do these trades. Now, they don't tell you whether or not those trades are that he wants to do are buy trades or sell trades. Yeah. From what I'm hearing from other people, they were sell trades. So basically, when you lock it down, if you have a this computer glitch, there's no transaction. Okay, the next day the market went down a little bit more, but it calmed down. You know, it gives it gives traders enough time to call their people that or, or their customers to say, hey, listen, just relax, don't do nothing. But when you, at the same time, when I was watching the Chinese market and the Japanese market, the next day, boom, they went down. The Japanese, the Japanese market went down, and nobody fucking talks about this shit. Yeah. And and, and over the last week, it went down close to twelve hundred fucking points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's like three percent of their entire market, or. 4%. No, it's more than that. It's more than that. Well, it's close to. They've it's close recovered to about some. ten. Yeah. Yeah, but what does all that mean? It means that the the whole damn global system is really fragile right now, and it seems like even though there was, a, even if let's say there was a stupid. Computer glitch that's that's not likely to happen often or at all again. Uh, it does show how shaky people are, how nervous people are, and uh, and just really, it, it might give you kind of an idea that the floor on this thing may be a lot lower. You know, I mean, stocks are just way overvalued. Good lord, I mean, who doesn't know that? Well, you know, I don't know if they're overvalued so much as they just inflated like everything else. I mean, yeah. you know, you look at the. Look at the price of the gasoline. Everybody goes, ah, oh, Jesus, you know, it's two fifty a gallon, or yeah, it's three dollars by the summer. If you if you understand inflation, right, and I'm sure you guys do because <laughs> that's all you white nationalists. That's part of the program. Gasoline's cheaper than it's ever been. Everything's cheaper than it's ever been. Yeah. So we're we we have these, you know, like the stock market's not really. Big. Yeah, but you it's see, it needs to be. Work. Our system right now depends on these things being cheaper. And what we've done is we've all of the indicators that we use to say, well, what the cost of living is, and what's the, you know, all these consumer price indexes. When they've had the valuable things taken out of them, and they've right. had, they've had they've cooked the books. I mean, we've been cooking the books for thirty years now. <laughs> nah, they did. Well, I mean, they outrageously oh, cooking the books. Longer. Like the like the CPI has been, and that's one of the major. Go ahead, Yankee Jim. Yeah, some of, you may have missed this, but somebody pointed out brilliantly on the on VNNforum.com. Uh, uh, I think I read it today. I think it was one of the better posters, Brutus. Uh, I may be wrong, but somebody, he pointed out that uh, you can buy uh, a, a dollar with a third of a gallon of gasoline today. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. 
It, you know, you got to think about it, but uh, I don't know, even call them dollars anymore. I just call them quasi qua bucks, kind of like yeah. the funny money well, you, you get in a strip club. Yeah, you you could buy a qua buck for a third of a gallon of gasoline today. Yeah. Whereas what uh, five years ago it would have cost you a gallon. Yeah. Too bad nobody wants them. I mean, yeah, I remember that. Like on nine eleven, uh, gas was eighty nine cents a gallon in South Carolina. Was it? Your friend from Bulgaria. And he was wondering, and he's a finance guy, and he was wondering why uh, the gas didn't rocket up. But I mean, we've been cooking the books for so long in this damn country, in one in one way or another. But yeah, you're right, Mark. I mean, we have been cooking the books for a long ass time. I was specifically well, it, talking about the 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 price index where they talk about the cost of living, like housing and stuff like that. Well, they they took everything valuable off of that and put things that they knew were gonna stay low. Like for instance, they took out housing and they put technology in, and they put food in. So, you know, food keeps getting cheaper, and technology, we all know, keeps getting cheaper, but they use those to offset the, the other things that keep getting more and more, they keep getting harder to buy. For well, people. Yeah, Peter, Peter that's bullshit. It's getting more expensive. Your fruits are getting more expensive. Your vegetables are going up. Everything that's worth a damn is getting more expensive. Right. Except you, for, you like, computers or, or, yeah, yeah. It's shit. It's cheap. That's a very good analogy. It is. You, you, your cereals. Are, see, I, I shop for my family. I go to Sam's Club. I, I buy a bulk because I got three kids, and, and they're like cockroaches. I mean, they they just keep eating. So I go out and I look, and I and I I could tell. And I know lately the dollar's been devalued uh, about thirty percent. Yeah, and, prices, and, and it's going to be there. another thirty percent within about two years, is my prediction. Right. Just the way Bernanke's talking about letting the uh, uh, letting the pr- there's a fucking genius for you. He's <laughs> a fucking idiot. Oh, man. seriously, he got passed. So many people got passed over when he got that job. It's ridiculous. Wait, who the hell is that guy? Who the fuck? Puts these people in charge. Hey, hey, hey hold on. Hold on. Americans, they're Jews. Big Jews. Hey, yeah. hey, l- l- let me interrupt her real quick because I did some researching about Greenspan. Greenspan gr- graduated with a degree in history. Yep. Okay. Yep. Didn't even finish a fucking economics degree, Sorry. like a PhD or anything like that. Went straight to the Federal Reserve to work as in the accounting, whatever. Well, How he's got what we call the Jewish PhD. Well, that was my point. Is yeah. Unless you're a fucking kike. I, I'm thinking about changing my name to fucking something Stein just to get in the fucking, just to get in there and then backstab these motherfuckers as I go along the track or Rock something. Man. I don't know. You, you got to get a big nose and, and some beady eyes, too, and them thick glasses. Hey, you be amazed that I, what's one bitch that got her nose done that looks like she's white. I mean, seriously, I could get a nose job and make it bigger. That's... They, they, they had this Greenspan, when he got in, he was supposed to be uh, a protege of, of, what's that guy, Friedman. Uh, you know, this guy they expelled as this big economic asshole. This, this, what's this I can't remember his first name. His last name was Friedman. He was supposed to be uh, a libertarian-type economic. Uh, was it Ira? Nah. Ira Friedman. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking more. They uh, all got fucked up names. Ira. Yeah, yeah but yeah, like, wait a minute. Shit. You got one Jew chasing, and this other, and this Jews, uh, they expound him as this great economic uh, teacher, guru, or some shit like that. You know what? 
fuck them. It's what Hitler they, called the Hosanna Chorus. Anytime yeah, they, a Jew they, does something and the Jewish press goes ape shit over just the dumbest they, they, bullshit. They do nothing for us. Yeah. No, they, no. Not no. A, banking, the banking system in itself, the economic system we're in, is dishonest as it is. It's not a Christian or Anglo-Saxon no, economic it's system. Yeah. The fuck do we care if it's Friedman or Greenspan or any of these motherfuckers? Or, hey, or, 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 hey or how is it dishonest? Tell me, come on, let, let's be serious. How is it dishonest? They fucking tell you they're gonna pay, you're, they're gonna charge you one percent interest, and if you're late twenty four minutes on your payment, it goes up to thirty eight percent. How's that dishonest? Come on, <laughs> now that's, isn't that just doing business? You know. I'm sorry, I was. I, I shouldn't do that. They, they, were, <laughs> yeah. they were splitting, You splitting, shouldn't speak so badly of Kike Americans that way. I'm, I'm, by the way, fellas, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a member of the Knights of Columbus, and, and I don't know if you guys know anything about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, the Knights of Columbus were formed by a, a, a priest in, in Massachusetts who, who saw, as, as people were coming over from Ireland and, 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 and fighting actual oppression, he formed this group, and he, and he formed this group to, to, to form an organization to fight it. And, and what he basically did was he said, look, we're all going to get together, we're going to hang out with each other, and we're going to support one another like the Jews do. But we're going to be honest, and, we'll, and as we do this, we're going to, we're going to, our organizations are going to give charitable donations to other people. Unlike the Jews, don't do that. Right. And and when I look at this organization, I've been into a lot of these different uh, the, the councils all over the state, and I noticed that you know when if you're afraid of of of, of the Jew and the nigger, keep in mind there's a lot of these guys, and I've talked to them. They're well aware of what's going on. You just don't know it. Yeah. And they and they are actual members of Congress and members of of the uh, you know your state representatives they, they they actually support a lot of your state representatives and a lot of shit goes on behind the scenes that we're not aware of the press shows us one side of the country but there's another whole other side there is an underbelly that, that that does have an eye on what's going on so we shouldn't be too afraid yeah, yeah but it doesn't it doesn't matter I mean, if people know about it, but they're too fucking afraid to speak about it and talk about it like we do, what, is, what good is it, you know? Well, they do, but they don't do it like we do it. We're, we're the well, friends. Well, that, well, that's my point, is that us talking about on, on VNN, everybody that's listening right now is like-minded, you know? It's kind of like when people, like when that fucking Jew, pike motherfucking piece of shit Borat movie came out, like friend, like a, a girlfriend and her husband asked me, "Hey, you want to go see that with us?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go see that fucking kike. Are you serious?" And that's when they were like, "Oh yeah, that's right. We're sorry, you don't think that's that. right, Mark. That's exactly how you guys describe that too. Yeah, it's no good, oh, you motherfucker. All right, that's all right, all right. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I've got to corral these uh, these these haters here. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, we're gonna go ahead and wind it down. So let's get everybody to uh, give us a parting shot on the way out. I think Yankee Jim wanted to go first. Him being old, it's probably way past his bedtime. It is. You're right. <laughs> getting old, getting up there. I just wanted to say thanks for having me on the air. It's you always, always surprise me with how old you are. You're like, yeah, I was 16 in 1971, but because you, you always sound, you have a young sounding voice. Yeah, and you, and well, you sound kind of pissed off, so that's good. Young at heart. But you know what's funny? Like, 
I like uh, you younger guys, uh, especially Adam, because uh, it's it's just so funny, especially that he does the same exact type of work uh, that I used to do, and it's just an endless, uh, it's just an en- a vis- it's just a cycle that never ends in Detroit until Devil's Night, that is, when they decide to burn down houses. Uh, but it's just the same shit. Uh, what is it? Thirty, thirty-seven years after the fact. Yeah. I was doing repairing houses uh, in 1970. Here it is, 2007, and he's probably re-repairing for about the twentieth time some of the houses that I had my hands on back, uh, you know, when I was a kid learning how to do that kind of work. Yeah, I mean, what will be the outrages? I mean, th- that long, uh, thirty years ago, if uh, if uh, Chan and Christian thing happened then it would be uh, just a major nationwide outrage. What will be happening 30 years hence, 30 years from now, when uh, th- that we won't even be able to fathom now? God, it's, 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 yeah. I don't even want to think about it. But, but well, yeah, it, good point. We, we appreciate you uh, calling in and give, lending us your expertise <laughs> from no, the Jew-infest no. GAT skills. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to drop. You guys have a good evening. Thanks, Jake. Oh, Jim, Jim, don't you're leaving already? Yeah, we're we're uh, we're saying goodnight. Saying well, goodnight. I, I understand that, but I love Jim. He, he's got a great voice. We all love Jim. Anything. Don't tell anybody. He should have his own radio. Show. He's got a great uh, uh, he's got a great voice for radio, and he's also assured me that he has a great face for radio as well. Yep. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> I'm off of here. Good night, guys. <laughs> Good night, buddy. Have a good weekend. All right, Jim. Well, you you know what the, the whole thing that I've realized because I'm in L.A. I mean, the bottom line is, who's ever listening that's left, is it all basically comes down to the Jew. You can get pissed off the nigger. The nigger's going to do what the nigger does. And we've allowed uh, the Jew to take control and feed our fucking young kids with this bullshit that they're equals and they're the, they are human beings like us. They're fucking knuckle-draggers that can barely fucking talk. I don't know what the hell they are, but... Um, I don't know, man, <laughs> Diedrich. I'm just really, I'm just really frustrated with the whole deal for forever. And I'm in the middle of the shit. It's not just the Jew. It's a nigger. It's a Mexican here in L.A. So I mean, well, it isn't I know just the Jew, but it is in a in a different way. It's that these things could be uh, exorcised from the body politic, but we're being uh, we're we're being fed stuff that keeps us from throwing this stuff up. Like I keep saying, we're we're being we're being lulled, we're being uh, uh, novocained into this, you know, the, the the normal and healthy pain that would normally make us recoil our hand from a hot burner, well, that's being suppressed on purpose, and the Jew wants us to burn. I mean, that's and that's that's it. That's why. And but yeah, I share your frustration. This is this is what I do. This is my little way of shooting back. And, uh, I love it, man. You got a great show, brother. In. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I I wish you a good weekend. Yeah, you too, brother. All right. All right. And uh, yeah, caller Jack. You man. forgot about me. No, I didn't forget about you, Jack. I just had a second to remember your name. Yeah. This is your first time contacting us at VNN. Yes, correct? it is. I've been posting for a while. It's the first time I had a chance to talk to you guys, and I'm really I want to thank you for allowing me to come on. Yeah, I'm glad you came on, man. Uh, it's uh, we like to hear about different people's experiences from around the country because we like to say, well, damn, I, you know, that's the same thing that's happened in my neck of the woods. Or if you live in a nice, beautiful neck of the woods like I do, you can say. You know, wow, so that's what's in my future. That's what's if I go to Philadelphia and try to settle my family there and move 
and, and you know try to find my way there. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. No. It's uh, Philadelphia. It's it's a it's a lost city. It's gone. Yeah, and y'all think um, about that. Y'all listen to what Jack's saying. It's a lost city. It's gone. It's a lost city. What? It can't be fixed. Has happened. You know. Same like Detroit. And I guess Newark, New Jersey, Camden, yeah. Camden, New Jersey. Same thing. I remember a gentleman who was from Camden. He's an older guy. He uh, he'd be in his eighties now. He used to tell me stories about what it was like in the 30s and the 40s and how wonderful a place it is and if you go over there now it, it's nothing more than a shambles it's just you don't you don't even want to look at it it looks like cancer and uh, yeah. you know this is what the nigger does but as Mark said they're not our threat the niggers have only been out of junk 230 years they don't have a handle on things it's, it's the Jew and we need to point the finger and, the, and if anybody out there is listening from Pennsylvania you know we have uh, we have a Jew uh, a Jew governor, we have a Jew senator, and that's too much. And and you, you see what they have done. Uh, our senator, our inspector, is a complete thief. He shouldn't be allowed to serve in the house because he's a dual citizen. I don't know how he gets away with that. Oh, I know. The head of security is a dual citizen. It's yeah, it's right. What are and, we? And all I mean, the are we white mouse or are we white men? And nobody says a fucking word. This guy, that piece of shit. You know, John F. Kennedy was a Catholic, and, and, and a lot of people... Have, people raised hell about that. Huh? People raised hell about that. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, you know, they, they all they want to talk about is he had all these women in the White House. I can't verify that. I mean, I believed that when I first heard it. But, you know, now that I look at it, I, I don't see any, any real verification that it ever happened. Oh, he had German, East German... Uh, spies, he was boffing. Oh yeah, that's that, that's pretty much a good. Has deal. that been verified? Oh god, yeah. You because wanna, I know the I'll only thing that, verif- that I know is verified because I have it in my wallet. It's a five dollar bill, <laughs> and it says uh, it's a silver certificate that Mr. Kennedy authorized the printing of. Oh right, which yeah. would be contrast to what the Federal Reserve wanted. Yeah, and that's the only thing I know he did, and that's the only crime I know he committed. Right. That's the one that got him shot. Yeah, didn't, so, didn't he get shot you know, shortly it, after? Yeah. It, and, and that's how I feel. But, you know what, DJ, I, I, I appreciate what you do and what uh, what I, uh, Alex does. Uh, I Fire is probably the best show I've ever heard in my life. I love Goyfire, yeah. Yeah, and Goy actually, Fire. as far as Goyfire goes, we're going to have a new Goyfire coming out here in a couple days, I think. They probably just, I think they recorded one either today or yesterday or at some point this weekend, so there's a new Goyfire coming out rather soon. Well, you so, guys, uh, you know, I don't that. listen to radio anymore. I don't, you don't listen, need to I don't anymore. watch too much TV. Yeah. And, you know, unless it's a movie that, that, that I've, uh, you know, I know from before. Yeah, kill your TV. I don't watch a whole lot of shit. Dump your I radio. I wait for the Goyfire. You free talk live. What you guys do is tremendous. Keep it up. You know, but one thing I want to remind everybody out there is a white nationalist. Keep your sense of humor. Don't look to, to solve the problem. It might not be done in your lifetime. So just have a good sense of humor about it. Have fun. It'll get solved. It, it always corrects itself. History has shown us that right always wins. All right. Time. So you guys just go and hang in there, teach. You're doing a great job, and thanks for having me. All right, thanks, man. Have a good night. You too. Take care. You too. All right. I wish everyone, indeed, I wish everyone a good weekend. 
I have kind of a different take on that. I think if we don't do this thing, if we don't knock this thing over, nobody will. It's just going to get harder. Each generation is going to get more and more flooded. A little bit louder now. A little bit louder now. As was said on One Goy Fire. Damn, I love that show. But, uh, yeah, if we don't do it, I mean, I, 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 I have kind of a generational issue. I, I love these guys of the of the older generation, but at the same time, I have plenty of criticism for them as a generation, not as people, but as a generation. We have to learn from their mistakes. Uh, you know, I like Pierce and Rockwell and all those guys as much as anyone else, but apparently they didn't have exactly the answer. It's the answers that we must come uh, we must come up with the answers. And uh, I believe we will. I look at uh, I look at these young guys, and I'm with them every day. I mean, I'm 30. I look at guys like 18, 19, and I work with them every day. And uh, and I am encouraged by what I see. They are the first generation that I know of in American history that's more conservative than their parents. That's profound. That's out of 14 or 15 generations in America. So something's got to be going right. And I believe that one political commentator has said it is inevitable the whites begin thinking politically as whites. And in my experience, as soon as I started thinking of myself that way, I went from neocon to uh, a big fan of Alex Linder within a, the space of about eight weeks. And that was from somebody who knew politically what was going on. I've been studying politics for a long time at that point. So, look up. Keep your head up. This is Dietrich on the Friday edition of Free Talk Live. It's now Saturday morning. The Friday, March 9th edition of Free Talk Live. It's been a pleasure being with you tonight. I can't wait to get back to you next Friday. But until then, we have Jeff Beck to listen to on Monday. Now we have Adam, White Man for White Land, at DetroitIsCrap.Blogspot.com. Joining us on Wednesday. I'm Dietrich, Theseus.WordPress.com. Still for the next little while. And then we'll see you next weekend. Everyone have a good one. Good night.